Previously on AFTN. Message to Whitecaps fans. Always good to hear from the owners. Yeah. Hashtag hang tough. Yeah. Which I actually, I've worked out, I think it's code. Tough is his nickname for one of the front <laughs> office. And that was a message. Just getting that out there. <laughs> Staying up, say we are staying up. We are staying up, say we are staying up. Yes! Welcome to a joyous episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. Why are we buoyant? It's because I'm guaranteeing you right now, right here, the Whitecaps will not get relegated this year. <laughs> I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. This is episode 351, if you're listening to it on the podcast. Oh, th- this this could be a long show. I, I think that's a prediction we can all go for. We're all going with that? I'm betting on it. Okay, I'm going to put. I'm going to bet my house on it. I'll put ten quid, which is good because I rent my house, and if I lose that, then the landlord's not going to. I'm good. only putting ten dollars on it because well, I no, I'm not that confident no. at all. I think they could change some rules or something like that. <laughs> you know, MLS Re- relegation, relocation. I don't know. They're the same thing. Who 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 can possibly say? Oh man, we're on <clears> earlier this week. We're on earlier for the next three weeks. Actually, is this so. the Colin show? No. Oh, this would have been a great call. This would show. have been a good call. I told show. you, perfect, I perfect maybe, opportunity. Maybe a future one because you can scrap all that hard work you've done and just open <laughs> the lights down. I'm glad we're on early. It feels like it could be a long night. I mean, there's not much to talk about. I, I can't really see us getting too irate. Can Can you? I mean, we, we got a point yesterday. It's a good positive. I, it's I a turnaround. The losing streak is over. Yes. It's now just a, a winless streak. They've hit rock bottom, so might as well yeah. start moving up a little bit. As Charlie Manson said, when you get to the bottom, you go back to the top of the slide. Yeah. And I mean, he lived a long, healthy life. <laughs> Is he still alive? No, he's dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. Rest in peace. I was really, I was really happy for... It was a good week for Canadian football. It was a good week for East Fife Football Club. Them too. Wearing my East Fife top. Just want to get that in at the top of the show. Tuesday night... Did you message Gordon? No. <laughs> Tuesday night... N- Beat Gordon Forest's Dundee United 2-0 away from home in the Scottish League Cup. Followed that up by beating Dario Zanata's Heart of Midlothian on penalties on Saturday. Dario got the start. 
He seems to be back in the, the first team mix with Hearts. The reward for East Fife? Place in the last 16 and a home tie with Rangers. Possibly the worst draw they could have got. Maybe Celtic, but it's like, that's our cup run over now. Yeah. But we'll make some money, I guess. There so, you go. That's all, what it's Silver all about. It's all about money. <laughs> Isn't it? Can you win without money? Cavalry FC seem to prove that you can. We're going to talk, obviously, in the first few parts about the Whitecaps. We've got a nice chat I had with Mark DeSantos this week. Looking ahead to the future. <laughs> Interested to, to hear people's thoughts on some of the things that he said. Some of them kind of already out there, but some you you won't have heard yet. It was another two-game week, and let's just forget the first game. That didn't happen. It's a cup. Who cares about the cup? Mickey Mouse competition, weakened team on the, the pitch... But like last week, you said history was history was made. made. And history was history made. Was made. Yeah. It was, it was a good night to be part of to see that the first CPL team to beat an MLS team in the Canadian Championship in a match in a, 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 a two-legged affair. Yeah, first, first CPL team to beat any team in a competitive game out with their own league. So yeah. I mean that that was great. The Whitecaps all. Maybe not thinking it's a great crashing out of the Canadian Championship at the quarterfinal stage. Stomped out, stampeded out. Speaking of money, that'll wreck their budget for the year. Yes, because they definitely will have budgeted for a, a game in the next round. Yeah. But, Rachel Lewis will be very sad about that. Yeah. Very, I mean, how much, and Kerfa, and how much money too. would they have made? Because let's be honest, the crowd there on Wednesday night was terrible. But wasn't it 16 paid or something? 16,000 was the official thing. It looked 10, 11,000. It was the big talking point on Wednesday. I turned to the guy next to me and said, Hey! <laughs> terrible crowd here tonight, eh? <laughs> but there's probably not any point in, in breaking down the games too much anymore because it's the same thing we're talking about over and over and over again. For me, Cavalry got what they deserved over the two legs. For real. They, they were... Totally confident. It, it was a complete difference of a team going into a game full of confidence and a team whose heads are just down right now. And it didn't take much of a killer blow to kind of put them on the ground. Seven minutes in, John Brown got the goal. Right at that point, it, it really felt that it was a mountain to climb. Yeah. It was a nice ball by Nick Ledger over the top. But the defending, the defending left a lot to be desired. I mean, Eric Godoy, for me, has been our best defender this year. I think he's been the, the star the purchase that's been brought in. Not on that play. Loan purchase again. But yeah, the, yeah, on that one, him and Daniel Henry did not give themselves in glory. I don't know if it was the bounce confused Godoy and, and took it away, but Daniel was the, left by Jordan Brown. It's it, it, he it, left him in his way. It was a dead spot. There was a, something, like the, something in the carpet. Because I don't want to say turf, because I don't want to you know confuse Barry Robson. Uh, something in the carpet just killed that ball, and, it, and the only person that realized it was Jordan Brown, because the two yeah. defenders definitely did not. But, and, but good finish, for yeah. Me. And oh, for sure. like Godoy could have got the goal, and if he'd got scored that goal right in front of the net, that could have changed the whole thing. But that was basically just a confidence crusher for them. The defense crumbled. It was one of those matches where. One team looked really up for it and one team felt like it was going through the motions. And if you are going through the motions in a cup tie 
when you're already on a losing streak and this is your only hope of to get any kind of silverware. I mean, that's diabolical. That's on the players. That's on the manager for not motivating them enough. I spoke to Mark DeSantos on Tuesday and he talked about the game and he said, basically, he went in on Monday and said to the players, do I need to talk to you about this game on Wednesday? And they they had reassured him, no, we know what this means. You don't need to talk to us. We know how important it is. Then they turn in a performance like that. Well, didn't he also say, like, in the pregame, he's like, he felt like they were ready to go? Like, he felt like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they should have been. Some interesting squad selections, and we'll come to that in part two when we just talked about general players falling out. But Tommy Wilden Jr. got his tactics and game plan spot on. He hit the caps early. He knew that if the Whitecaps fell behind, the crowd would get on their back, whatever crowd was there, and they certainly did. He knew it would dent their confidence. And he felt they would crumble if they went behind. And all those things happened. Yeah. Cavalry looked motivated. Every player looked like they believed that they could win. The Whitecaps looked like they were going through the motions. And I think we'll play some post-game comments now just from Nick Ledgerwood. It's brief, yeah. it's brutal, but it's spot on. I, I honestly believe the biggest difference between both teams tonight was that every player on our team believed that we could win the game. And I, I don't think that was the case on the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. I think uh, I think before it kicked off in Calgary, we felt like the underdogs, and I think uh, that game put everything kind of a little bit more into perspective for the guys. We we gained a lot of confidence from the game in in Calgary, and I think you know our our kind of game talk, our motivational kind of speech before the game was you know we're no longer underdogs. You know we have we have something to prove. You know we're hungry. Everybody in the locker room thought and believed in ourselves that we could actually pull it off today. So uh, although it is is still a Cinderella story that, you know, going through the next round, I think everybody in all our locker room deep down believed that we could that we could pull it off tonight. Nick Ledgewood spot on there. If Cavalry were Cinderella, the White Caps, I don't know whether they were pumpkins or ugly sisters. Definitely horror story. I, I would choose the ugly sisters. I ran into Nick uh, later that night. He was out with a bunch of the players celebrating. Yes, they were very, very jovial mm-hmm. in the locker room afterwards. Not as much as San Jose the week before. No. But there we go. What he said there, I mean, it's damning. For a, a lower league side, and I'm using that in inverted commas, because I, I did like what Tommy Bilden said after the match. You say lower league, we're the top tier. In Canada. In Canada, yeah. the White Cats are playing in America's top tier. Yep. And he's again, he's right. And he's right. right that the fact that he said that the only difference is, is this is the first year of this league. And they're, I guarantee you uh, that the, the first year of MLS, uh, whenever that was, 96 or whenever, 96, yeah. what, that might probably was similar in quality and style and the way they played and the people. They, sure, they brought, probably brought in a little, you know, the Valderamas or whoever else was brought in at that time, but it wasn't beautiful football that we see now that is in MLS at certain times by certain teams. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's damning. Yeah. Tommy Wilden worked out the White Caps 100%. And yeah, I know it's easy. Sometimes you watch teams and you think, well, they're going to do that. They're going to do that. But to work it out and to shut them down, when you've got a team that their combined budget is probably less than what Ali Adnan's on because we haven't seen the salary. And as Tommy joked after the game, his left foot's worth about two million alone, isn't it? 
how did it get to this stage? And this is what a big part of our show is going to be tonight. How did it get to this stage? What exactly is wrong? Is there a way out of this at all? And the win in Minnesota, in a lot of ways... The result. It, it's a result. Oh, yeah, not the... Not yeah, a yeah, he's it called felt, it a win. It felt like a win. I think that's what it was. It's like small victories well, just now. Well, especially when Reina goes to the corner with like <laughs> two minutes to go. It seems like I was looking up. I, text I was going up. I was going up. Like, oh, he didn't text me. I, well, you, you, I looked up and I was like, did they score? Why is he in the corner? I, I'm, he had, I miss he had absolutely no support. Yeah, yeah. And then and I think that's part of the problem. No, but I said to you... That's never stopped him. In the no. <laughs> no, but he, he's obviously clued in. It's like, oh, if I go myself here and lose it, that gives him another minute yeah. that they could possibly score. And they it happened anyway. Get a result somewhere. Some ultra high. ultra clean sheet. Yes, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that in the next part. But everyone watching the Whitecaps right now, they know as soon as they fall behind, they're toast. That's it. They've they've gone. They don't have the mental toughness to deal with it. We've talked about that last couple of weeks. Mark DeSantis keeps talking about the mental fragility, which I'm sure talking about it publicly really helps the team's mental fragility even even further. It just feels that as soon as the other team scores, you can just leave the stadium. Or if you're watching at home, just switch your TV off because you know what the end result is going to be at that point. Mark DeSantis knows it. Knowing that there's a problem and solving it are, are very different beasts. And... Like John Herdman is big on getting people in to talk to the players mentally. He's had people from the army to talk to them and stuff like that. Tommy Wilden talked about he's big on the psychology aspect of the game. I don't know if that's something that the Whitecaps need to do. Do they need to get someone in to talk to these players and get in their heads a little bit? Because it looks to me like they have quit. They've quit on Mark DeSantos. They've quit on this season. Not all of them. But a, a hell of a lot of them, and some very key personnel in that. Yeah, I mean, th- there's lots of elements to this. I think I know people say I just sound like a broken record, but it come it it comes to what you how you build your squad, and you're always going to be a weak inside when you are not taking advantage of all the ways that you can do that. Yeah. And the Whitecaps don't do that with designated players. And yeah. The really worrying thing from this is this was not a weak team that the Whitecaps put out either. No. Yeah, there was a couple of pieces Both not legs. there. Both legs. Both legs. Yeah. They put a strong strong team out there. Two players in particular were missing, though, that were were telling stories, especially yeah. you tweeted out about yeah. them. Yeah, so. we'll chat about them in, in part two because one of them was missing again yesterday. Yeah, so no, like, like that that is a problem. And, and I think it comes, it, it mentally wears on you when you come into something and you expect it to be something and, it, and then it, it's not that. And I, just, I know we're, this came yesterday after yesterday's game when they were talking about how the team played. Uh, DeSanto said that when you play as a team, you go. You turn players that play like a five, like like the rating five, five rating to a seven when you play like a team. Mm-hmm. If you play with good designated players who can elevate other players, those players can go up to an eight. Those players that yeah. usually play like a five by them, like so. You need. I agree with you hundred percent. You need proper designated yeah. players that can elevate everybody else. But also as well, though, you'd need a good supporting cast. Totally, because there's no point. Like they they could go and bring some big name guy from Europe. Put him in that team, and he'll maybe bring some of the players up, but it still doesn't solve the issues of the midfield's a black hole. Right, but the the, the they need the, this team has always been crying out for a, a designated mid, designated player midfielder yeah. who can run the show, who the play goes through. 
Like for for years, for seasons, we've also every single season we seem to have the same thing. Oh, the White Caps have a striking issue. Oh, the White Caps need to solve the striking issue. Yep. It cannot be that every single striker that has been brought in here is terrible because a lot of them have gone on elsewhere and they're scoring lots of goals. So something's not right with the whole no, w- ethos of this club. Like a lot of people that are just watching the game are saying, oh, the defend something wrong with defending, something's wrong with attacking. I think we mentioned this before. It's the midfield. That's the connective yeah. issue, uh, a tissue, sorry, in this whole thing. The midfield is the problem. They need to fix the midfield. They're not fixing the midfield, and that's the why. I mean, Wednesday's game, I think, for a lot of us, it gave some torn allegiances, partly because everyone likes the fairy tale. They like the upset. It's well, cup football. I don't care about like the fairy tale. I just... I, I and, was wanting I, all the lower teams to do well, though, oh, in that, yeah. that round. That's oh, the thing. No, yeah. I, I prefer CPL teams win than MLS yeah. teams any day. But for me, it's like we know these people. Like, these are these are not strangers. These are people that we know. Like, we've known for years. That's the other that, thing. That's the it's thing. Like, that's to, all I care about. allegiances. There's the White Caps connections. I've known Tommy Wheldon now for a number of years. I really have a lot of time for him. I enjoy talking to him. He's always had time for us. He's been very complimentary about us. And he, he likes the support that people have given lower league football over the years. Yep. He's also a very astute coach. Yes, Impeccably dressed as well, as always. But it, in a very good mood after wins as well. Yeah, he was. He's a good uh, cracker of jokes. Apparently, some of the Whitecaps media were had talked afterwards about, oh, he was full of confidence and quite cocky. Yeah. yeah. He's just, just knocked out an MLS team very comfortably by getting everything right. He's got a right to be cocky. Yeah. And yeah, he's cocky, he's confident, he backs it up. Yeah. He has this winning mentality that is just lacking so much in Canadian soccer and just bottle whatever he's got and like pass it around, especially the Whitecaps right now. Yeah. So you got him, then you have Martin Nash. Yeah. Who like, yeah, well, we've known for over a decade, like, well, I mean, a lot, lot more than a yeah. decade. Like we've known the guy, like. Who be, I mean, basically, I still feel to this day he was screwed over with the Whitecaps by not getting to play MLS yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, were you, were you at his retirement press conference? I think I, I was. I remember I brought my son. He was like a mini. I mean, boy. yeah, he was like. I mean, he'd have been up for this for that. Oh, also get one over on his brother. Yeah, worked with Ryan DeSantis for a couple of years as he, well. So. He hung tough. Yeah, he did. Oh. and he hung so tough that we had to send our toughest guy along to speak to him after the match. Yeah, here's Steve talking to Nashi. Obviously, a big victory for Cavalry FC. Um, what was the mentality of the guys coming into this game, and like, how did how was the, how were they prepared by uh, the coaching staff? Um, well, I, we just wanted to come out and go after them. We didn't feel that we uh, it was in our nature or in our best interest to sit back. We tried to put pressure on them from the start, and uh, you know we were able to get a goal early, which uh, put us even more on the front foot and uh, made them have to chase the game. When the Whitecaps coach himself is saying that the team is fragile um, on, on in local media, mm-hmm. um, is it easy is it kind of give you a boost or, or is that something you can take advantage of, by getting, or especially getting that early goal? Yeah, I think that's, that's what t- you can take advantage of once you get the early goal. Um, they came out. They, they worked hard. They, they are you know, not the easiest team. But, uh, you know, once you get that first goal, they're a bit fragile. Uh, we kind of had a good spell there after we scored the goal for about 10-15 minutes we felt we controlled the game and then they kind of got back control just before the end of the half and uh, 
obviously pinned us in most of the second half but uh and got the goal but we were able to to get another one which made mean they'd have to score too so uh you know we had timely goals today and uh you know we, we fought for every inch on the pitch that we, we could um obviously you guys won the spring title mm-hmm. and getting uh that got you some notoriety in Cal- Cal- calgary now you're getting this win against like uh, uh, people calling it like a fame team, the you know the Whitecaps and everything. Does this kind of elevate the cavalry in your own hometown and kind of make people notice you even more and kind of kind of build that culture? Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, hopefully this is good for the, the CPL as a whole. I mean, CPL is a league that's been needed for a long, long time in Canada. Um, we need a lot of these young players that uh, you know might not get a chance or might not have a chance um, to get a chance to play pro soccer and see if we can push them on into um, into a higher league or higher level uh, to eventually help the national team. And that's the goal is to give more Canadians a chance to play. And getting to that next round, does that kind of help you guys? Because obviously, you, like you're already set for the final. Does that kind of kind of give you more? I, I, not that you're giving, taking games off, but this can give you more meaningful games even down the road. And yeah, I think it's great for our squad because we worked so hard since the start. We brought uh, you know a, a more senior squad in than most teams in the CPL because we wanted to win. You know, and we felt we needed senior players to to win. We needed a good mix, and we think we found the balance, found the mix. We got good characters, uh, a group of guys that are close knit and work hard together. Um, and when you have guys that are willing to battle for every inch on the pitch for ninety minutes, you're going to stand a good chance of winning. Uh, on a personal note, does this give you bragging rights over Steve? Could you uh, be able to be to be this team? Yeah, no, I mean, he's, uh, I talked to him t- actually today briefly, but, uh, you know, he wished me luck. He's, uh, you know, obviously he follows Whitecaps and, you know, wants them to do well, um, but also he's uh, happy when I do well. So I'm sure he's probably torn a bit tonight, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we don't really get overly uh, joyed about it. You know, I'm just happy for my team that the guys went out and uh, got what I felt probably they deserved over the two legs. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Very cold out here in the snow, marching to and from the enemy. Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough. Can you stop the cavalry? Well, I'll tell you what, the Whitecaps couldn't stop the cavalry, and very few teams are able to, it would appear, this year. But again, Martin Nash talking there about how they knew the Whitecaps were going to crump on it. It's not just on the mental side that teams have got the white caps sussed out. It's tactically too. They know this midfield is not moving the ball forward. Talking to some of the, the guys after the match, the cavalry guys, not on on official recording or or anything, just like Off the record? Off, off, I didn't want to say off the record because then we're talking about it. So it makes yeah. it feel... Yeah, we did say yeah. off the record to no, them. We were just having chats. Yeah. But they said they had identified who the weak links in the Whitecaps team were. And they're surprising that's not, too. That, yeah, that's not that's not hard though. No, no, there was some no. It was just surprising. I know. Ones, I Ali know. Adnan, Eric Godoy, they felt were weak links to attack. Yeah, Adnan, of course. Godoy, okay, that, that's a little more mm. interesting. And Adnan, it was kind of proved right because yeah, they had this Adnan wasn't. The, I remember them mentioning it wasn't really uh, 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 to attack, but when they were when the Whitecaps were attacking, they were gonna. Uh, isolate him and let him yeah. run with the ball and not maybe cover the other area. So the, the and it then, was a different uh, then get the ball off him. Yeah, because basically they knew he wasn't going to track back. So I right. gave them that space yep. to run into. That's not good. And uh, let's mention about this now. I I, I don't want to give the talking penis a mention by name, but some Canadian soccer pundit. Oh made some comments about Ali Adnan not being MLS quality. 
absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he maybe did not have a good game against Cavalry, but he is... He's MLS quality. Right. He's yeah. better than MLS quality. Yes, he he's been is. playing in Serie A. Not only that, he's played in the Asian Cup, and he's played... Uh, reference to... Uh, um, He's played for his national team that that has a decent national team and did well at the Asian Cup as well. So I, I don't see where that, that claim... I think it was just like a, a way to d- take a dig at... What, the, why do you still follow that guy? Oh, yeah. This was on the broadcast. Oh, And then yeah. they had a big thing on their Friday preview show. They were talking more about it as well. It's the usual thing yeah, I, of the, sending out some messages the, on Twitter that... Yeah, the less we talk a, about that individual... I know. Like, but it, it then led to a big exchange between Alan Errington and JJ Adams and I think Mike Martinego yeah. on Twitter over the weekend as it well. It was a meme got, issue. That got quite hostile and out of hand as well. Yeah, it was a meme thing, apparently, it turned into. Yeah. It was a mean thing. I don't know about a meme. Meme? Though he was angry at memes. Yes, that he, they did, were using he didn't like memes. And stuff. But basically, I mean, Adnan... He is having some issues defensively. He had a good game against Minnesota, but we've talked about it before. It's like he's not really a defender. He's more a kind of old-fashioned wing-back. And the thing is, is when uh, when you, when players feel like they have to... And I'm not defending him because like, I blamed him for that goal against San Jose, the first one. Yeah. Um, when your team is not on their right foot going forward and certain players feel like they have to extend themselves because there's nobody else really doing anything, that leaves holes in the back. Well, he looks frustrated as hell just now. He looks like he's going to explode one of these games and get sent off because his frustration is just going to get the better off him. It depends on where they're they're traveling to. He also looks a different player to when he signed his deal. Surprise, surprise. Godoy probably had his worst game of the season on Wednesday. Jake Nerwinski seems to have lost a step or two. He kind of addressed that in a roundabout way after the game at the airport on Thursday, saying, you can question what I'm doing wrong in a game, but you can't question my heart. So I think he knows, and he's been getting a bit of a tough time from from certain people. But the defence is definitely kind of... It's just not doing its job just now. Who Who's giving him a hard time? I just on social media. Oh, people tweet, oh, right? But they're not tweeting at him, but what? he's still reading Why it. is he reading that? Uh, he should be reading no. it. But players sometimes when they're not in a good headspace, it's like things trickle through more than they maybe. They might not be reading it too, but some of his friends might be. Oh "Oh, look, people people are talking about telling him too, right? Yeah, family or something like that. Yeah, well, then he needs to stop that. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, but like, I mean, right now you've got the defense that's a shambles, the midfield that's been a missing all season, the attack on Wednesday night was absolutely pitiful. Marco Carducci had a much quieter game than he could ever really have expected the, the Caps to throw at him when they're chasing a game. And we had Marco on the show a couple of weeks ago. You were speaking to him, had a little chat with him in yep. the lead-up to the game as well. We had that on our extra podcast. So we obviously had to catch up with him after the game as well. And, yeah, he just... The first thing I said to him when he came out was, you looked so pissed off when you let that go in because you know he wanted that clean sheet yeah. so much. But he talked about that and a few other things about being back in Vancouver. And just how it felt representing his home team. It feels amazing right now. Obviously, um, you know we came into this game knowing that we had a, we had a good chance to come and get a result, and uh, we knew it was going to be tough anyway. But yeah, it was it was a cool, it was a surreal moment to come here and play at BC Place again, just on the different different side, and representing my hometown now is is extra special. And you know, uh, I don't think it's quite sunken yet, but at this point. You know, we're just looking now to uh, Montreal next round. Yeah. Were you surprised how few shots you actually had to save in this game? 
you know, I was I was expecting, um, you know, my expectation in every game is be ready to make those couple of saves the team needs. But I, I think you know if you if you've watched us throughout the CPL this year, we, we don't yeah. give up many opportunities. And I I owe a lot of credit to my teammates for, for helping making my job easier. Uh, we've kept a lot of clean sheets. We've, we we haven't conceded many goals, but that's from that's from me to the strikers and and everyone else in between, right? So, you know, today I I uh, I'm really proud of the guys for the work they did, and you know. We're upset we conceded that goal, but uh, again, yeah, excellent job in front of me, so I owe them a lot. What was the game plan? Because your team looked very confident. They had a lot of points. You guys looked maybe like you were the MLS side. <laughs> we, yeah, we came out knowing we wanted to get off to a good start. And, uh, you know, everyone knows this. We, we came in knowing that we, we had a chance to get a good result, but we had nothing to lose. We had, we had everything to gain and nothing to lose. And, our game plan early on was go out there and, and cause some chaos and, and be on the front foot and scoring an early goal kind of was exactly to, to plan and credit to Jordan Brown for an unbelievable finish uh, and that just set the tone for the rest of the game. We knew we'd have to work hard, we knew we'd have to, to put in a shift and we did. It was a bit of a hectic moment when Yodi Arena nicked the ball off you there. What happened on that play? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I uh, just a little lapse of concentration. I thought I had a bit more time and fortunately uh, the angle was just tight enough and you know that would have made it 2-2 obviously so sometimes you have to just uh, count your blessings whatever you want to call it yeah I got a little lucky but you know we'll take it. Tommy mentioned the fragility of the white caps um, in the post game press conference is that something that you guys knew you could take advantage of if you got that first goal? Yeah I think I think I'd be lying if we said we, we didn't we obviously know we're, we're coming as a team that regardless of recent results has a lot of quality that's an MLS side and uh, we knew it'd be a difficult test, but yeah, they're, they're coming off a, a really rough patch of games, and we're on the opposite side of that. So we knew we wanted to take advantage of that, go after them again, try to get uh, uh, get the fans on their backs, and sort of did early on, and, and that would definitely help us. You're a confident side, but when they pulled that goal back and there's still over 20 minutes to go, did you have doubts that you could hold on? I, I want to say no, no. I think I think we uh, we knew there was going to be you know the opportunity for them to, to create chances. We knew going in the second half that we were going to have to see it out. Um, when they scored, you know, we, we knew regardless they needed to score two goals and it's been, uh, you know, I don't think we've conceded more than one goal many times this year. Um, so, yeah, that, definitely you're thinking about it a little bit more. But uh, credit to, to Dominic Zator for going up and, and giving us a little bit more breathing room again. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. You. you totally Appreciate deserved it. it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. They did totally deserve it. Steve seems to find that funny. I just found that funny that you had left it in there. <laughs> it was totally no, deserving. Not showing any bias at all, believing that. In. No, that's that's they, what we're They doing. were deserving. Yeah. Go out there and cause some chaos, is what he said the, the game plan was for Cavalry. I think that's a much catchier phrase than our, all our honour. <laughs> I mean, I'd go with that. I'd back a team that's like, go out there and cause chaos. I just, I just like, I prefer just win, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that well, that does seem more like a white cap slogan. Just win, maybe. No, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, oh, sorry. Just, they said just win, maybe. It's, a, it's an owner from uh, the pigskin, uh, one of the pigskin teams. Oh. That's, that was what his uh, slogan was: just win, baby. On the white caps locker room door, there's a big oh, a, we saw a, it a piece of MLS cup. I thought that's the ultimate trolling, surely. But oh, I mean, man. any. Any cavalry players from what you saw on Wednesday that you thought would do a good job here? It would improve this Whitecaps team. Dominic Zator played right back, right? No, they played three at the back. Played three, three he played the right, right, okay, right of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
he, he was he was really he was good. good. Yeah. I mean, aside from the goal, Julian Buescher, the German. Yes, the other German, Manuel Veth, had a chat nice. with him after the match. You can read some of that on Pro Soccer USA. So he said, "Oh, you'd be really good in this White Cats midfield. How any chance he come in here?" Laughed a bit awkwardly and wouldn't deny it. So that may be an interesting one. He's got a green card from being at college in the in the Syracuse. US. He was in Syracuse. Now, one thing is, is before we MLS go to, experience before we head to the break, yeah. we just want to mention that people who are wondering why do we have so many uh, cavalry players and or coaches and no oh, Whitecaps? Yes. Yeah, uh, none of them really were around to take interviews they or do interviews. Disappeared like snow off a dike. Yeah. Wait, what? Like what? Yeah, they they disappeared. Like we weren't even looking for them, but uh, no, we didn't want to some other some, some other, other people. Like Har, Har they, was they all left before the coaches had finished talking. Har was looking for him. Har was t- like uh, look uh, by the locker room, and then came over to the middle because sometimes they go through the field and could, nobody was around. Yeah, so they were invisible on the pitch and, and off the off pitch. The pitch. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. So Wednesday was a low, but could it get any better on Saturday? <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it, but we're going to talk. Not in great detail about the Minnesota game, but we've got a lot of other Whitecaps chat coming up. We're going to try and fix them. And we're going to do that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Lil Yari there with Minnesota. It wasn't cold in Minnesota yesterday. It was pretty toasty. Minnesota, though, were quite cold. Letting the Whitecaps come away with a point. Yeah. I mean, how bad must they be to let the Whitecaps come away with a point? We're not going to break down the game. But it was an improvement. Not only getting the point, just... In general, bits felt better. I'm trying to look for optimism. It's really hard. It was a pretty boring game. The team still lacked a lot of things. They had five shots, but they were piss-poor weak shots. And the thing is, I I would classify this game as being a safe game. They were very safe um, in the way they played, very... Um, I can't remember basic, who it was when the, li- when the lineup theme. came out. Said, "Oh, that's a lineup that's trying not the to Christmas give away a goal." Yeah, yeah. Christmas the Twitter was so the Twitter account was so excited. Yeah, but it's just fair because they've been given presents away all season, yeah. so the Christmas tree formation worked. <laughs> but they didn't empty their sack in this one. They kept it stuffed full. Came away with a point. Okay, it wasn't a fantastic performance, but is this going to do anything? For their their mental state right now, is it going to give them any confidence boost? It's not going to make it worse. It's definitely That's not true. going to do that. Uh, they went into Minnesota, who I think is like fourth in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. And they were able to hold them. Yes, they. If people, if Minnesota played like they were supposed to or like they can, they might have got a goal. But you can't. You can say also say that the Whitecaps were the reason why they weren't playing the same way. So Minnesota hit the woodwork three times. Yeah. One of them 
was their own one, but still <laughs> hit it three times. Which was closer than the Whitecaps got on any occasion. Adrian Heath was yelling at them in, in training this yells. week, saying that they were... There was an article, though. It was actually oh. published. It was like they were, he was upset that they weren't uh, uh, sharp enough or something like that. It's, it, they, certainly, they certainly didn't look it. But, I mean, let's be honest. Vito, Manone, and the Minnesota goal had very little to do. Yeah. yeah. But it was nil-nil. wasn't exciting. We were out short 16 to 8, but we had five on target to Minnesota's one. I mean, that. This is because the post and crossbar don't count. Yes. From a defensive standpoint, it should give him a big boost, especially Max Crapeau, who you felt so sorry for. He's been standing on his head and still letting goals in left, right, and center. Eric Godoy was getting a rest that only lasted 14 oh, minutes. Yeah, Danielle went down. Yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, Hem- officially it was right? back. Well, oh, back no, no, is what they're saying. Is what they said. But he did, he did clutch his hamstring. Yeah. Um, watching, I was fast forwarding, and then they had John Herdman on at halftime of the TFC Cincinnati oh, right. game, and then TSN doing what TSN does. Wasn't it into the second talk- half? Yeah, they yeah. kept talking to him as the game was going on, interviewing him, and not talking goal. about the game, and they talked over the second goal. But John Herdman was like, "Yeah, it looks like a hamstring injury for Daniel. It'll be six or seven weeks out. He'll probably miss the Cuba game." And I say, oh, that's not good. Yeah, Whoa, but the white caps aren't John Herdman going to know that know. that quickly? So he maybe jumped the, the gun a, a little bit there. There's some other interesting things he said. That if we've got time, we'll, we'll kind of cover it. Oh, there's still time. Yeah, it was a point. Is a point. Is and a right point, now, small victories, baby steps, whatever you want to call them. You just want to grab anything you can and hold it close. Yeah, when you're trying to what break the two, they got to break twenty eight, right? Or got to equal twenty eight? Yeah, but you want to break it. You don't want to be right. worse than your okay. expansion year ever. Well, no, it, it, it would be in line with what they projected at the beginning. Oh of the year. yeah, they said we're an expansion. It team. feels like they're playing worse. I'm enjoying it less than the expansion year. Oh, far less. Yeah, that yeah. was great. New places to go. It's a whole new experience. Players, just, players who seemed like they really cared, yes. like deeply. Like while the players didn't like the stadium, I enjoyed that stadium, the Empire. Oh. Empire, yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, I Empire. liked it too. Well, the players were saying that they didn't have a place to uh, uh, proper oh, yeah, showers. Oh yeah, like, was well, talking about that. also because it was that was their training place yeah. as well as before the yeah. But they were yeah. changing in porter cabins and yeah. yeah. But that Minnesota game and the one before it, and maybe some other ones as well. You could say Marty Sanders has certainly been sending some clear messages hmm. to his squad, like some via them, text or. I, I think he's tried everything to see what's going to get through to them. He's, he's certainly been speaking very vocally. Sending out an SOS? Yeah. We could go on down the Abba route. I think they were around in 1979. That'll kind of tie in. Don't know if SOS was one of their songs from 79. We'll check that out at the next break. But yeah, he's been sending some clear messages. Freddie Montero, that was a clear message. Not even in the game day 18 on Wednesday. Freddie was hanging around the press area on, on Wednesday as well. So obviously everyone's like, why are you not in the 18? It's like, oh, apparently rest. I'm an, I'm an old man now at 32. I, I need to rest. I understand resting him because he has played since August, but this was a game you that win. you would think your DP striker, even if you don't start because Theo Bears end the start, according to Mark Santos, you have your designated player striker, your leading scorer, Joint leading a sister as well, which I looked at, which is only two, so it's not that's like being the tallest giraffe. You've heard to use quotations on Destiny. Yeah. Player. Not having him in the 18, that's a clear message. No, it's a huge message. It's, there's no doubt about it. It's, uh, 
it's baffling that he can't even get into the 18. The, for a cup tie. Yeah. The, like, how much is warming up going to really affect his rest or anything like that? Nothing. I mean, for me, in a situation like that, you then have to think, and we're going to hear from Mark DeSantis in a little bit, trade deals could be coming up. He's a guy that surely someone's going to want to Well, I, I like Freddie, and I still think he can. he's a good player in MLS. I just don't think he fits the system that he's been asked to play just now. I don't, for a minute... I don't doubt he's going to go to another team and score some goals. Yeah, sure. But he has lost a step or two. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But he, even even Freddie Montero from two years ago yeah. would not have fit Mark DeSantos' system this year. Like, I mean, whenever, we, we like, did you talk never, about it last week, that yeah. why he's probably back. It's like it's a guy that, oh, we desperately need a striker. Here's a name that the fans all know. Let's bring him back. We have his rights. It'll be fine. Do you think it was more Mark uh, or more the FO or more Mark who... That's I mean, that, that's my hunch. I haven't yeah. ever spoken to Mark about that, but I mean, you, we'll all you have to extrapolate is that the fact that Mark DeSanto says they have a certain player they want, and they they want to play like a Liverpool style, right? Yeah. A Liverpool style. Liverpool, I mean, he, he does not fit that at all. He yeah. doesn't fit that at all. So you, you got a sense that that was kind. I'm not maybe not pushed, but maybe suggested yeah. to him that maybe this guy would work. Well, I mean, another player that certainly had a clear message sent to him is John Arisi, who it's, wasn't in the game day 18. And somebody who was definitely a DeSantos pick. Yes, this DeSantos was wanted him. He's done a two-year deal. He looked so dejected at halftime as he was sitting in the press area as well. He, he just looked fed up. Now, when I spoke to John earlier in the year, he talked about his family were going to be coming over in July. I don't know if they have or not. He's on a two-year deal. Clearly, Mark DeSantis does not think he is doing what he needs him to do in this team to be dropped from these two matches. So, yeah, rest him on Wednesday if you want to say that, but then you're dropping him again. Yeah, I know he's your club captain officially, but Mark has talked at the start of the year. He had to give it to someone, so may as well give it to, to John Arisi. Well, none of them are the captain that he longs for. Yes. But, I mean, that's a message, and... It's a strange message, I think, in a number of ways, because for me, there's a lot of problems with that midfield, and John Arise is not one of them. I think he has been the one midfield guy that has been consistent. Yeah, he's not flashy, but maybe he's not actually doing what Mark DeSantis is wanting him to do. Maybe he's wanting him to be defensive and take the ball forward, track back, your typical kind of box-to-box guy. He hasn't been doing that, but to me, he's been solid in that midfield. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair a, a fair assessment. It'd be interesting to see if we get to the bottom of that story. I'm going to ask him on Tuesday, hopefully at train, and, and see. He's been very honest, perhaps too honest, a little bit in some of the, the chats he's had with the media. But I mean, some something's not right in that locker room. Just. All, all over. Players be, are dejected. Maybe he's still not on the same page. Possibly. Bom Wong was the latest white cat to berate Freddie Montero on the pitch oh, during yeah. the game yesterday. Very clearly telling him to get up and track back when it was a, he gave the ball away and it was a, a quick Minnesota attack. This is happening far too often. And... It's easy to read between the lines and the other white caps will say, oh, you're just like putting words into the players' mouths. That's not what they're saying. That's not what they're meaning. But some of the players are clearly indicating there's a big, big gulf developing in this locker room. And whether it's because there's confidence there or some people feel some 
some others aren't pulling their weight, I don't know. But they have to get to the bottom of it. And if there is issues, we need these guys out now. And I know you don't want to rush and make signings that's maybe not for the long-term plan, but at least remove the bad apples, even if you don't replace them. So you're, saying, the bad you're saying you think there's more than one bad apple or no? I'm hoping there's none, but it's pointing that there possibly could be. And by bad apples, I'm not kind of talking like really, really disruptive. Yeah. It's just players that are maybe not pulling their weight, I think, not buying into or on the, on the system. Or not on their same page. Yeah. Or not wanting to or just not listening. Yeah, then the not listening thing has been evident all year. Yeah. Because how many times, how many after how many games has Mark DeSantos come out and said, people ask him, why are your players doing this? And he's like, that's not what I've asked them to yep. do. <laughs> that's then also on him as well. And he has to get that message across during the game. If they're not doing it, pull them off. Half time or whatever, pull them off. But you look at the remaining 10 games this year and... <laughs> You kind of wonder where the points are going to come from to to meet or beat this 28 from the expansion year. If they hadn't taken the point yesterday, I'm kind of thinking I'm not even 100% sure that there's going to be any other points down, down the road. Next week, they're in the hot mess and the hot heat that is FC Cincinnati, who one week look not bad, the next week look absolutely diabolical. They, they lost narrowly to TFC yesterday, but they put in a not bad second yeah. half performance. Plus, they'll have the Calvary FC former white cap bump. Like the, the people, you know, they got the assistant coach. They got like four or five players who are going to want to yeah. prove a point. I mean, you're talking white caps light for Cincinnati and also Colorado. They're the only two teams worse than us in the standings just now. Kind of, it's maybe very telling of the players the white caps have brought in over the years. They can't even go and do it somewhere else in MLS. Maybe our recruitment policy for the last. Six, seven, eight seasons has been absolutely diabolical. Are we going to talk about that later? We will. Because there's lots to talk about. Yes, there. there certainly is. But next week, though, it's a possibility of a point, maybe three. Columbus coming here is another possibility. Houston coming here. I mean, that could be a point or three as well. I can't see past five more down the stretch for the rest of the year. I don't know what you guys think. I, I, I think there could be more. I think they can... They can, like, they caught Minnesota. Uh, you know, some teams will be, like, overlooking the Whitecaps going forward. And you never know what changes they might make. Maybe somebody might, they might have, uh, you know, turn up at a forum or something like that. So I, I don't, it's hard to give me, give it a number. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think they can pick up at least six from home games. Six to wow. seven. Wow. Why not? There's only four home games left. I know. That's why I said six. They, they, they should be able to win a couple of those home games. I mean, come the end of the season as well, some teams could be home resting care, players, yeah. I guess, as well. Yeah, they might so they, you could care. catch so there, some people off, that. and you could catch people that are overlooking the Whitecaps, like the Minnesota did, and they can uh, grab a point here. Or they, I, I don't even see them. Uh, I don't see it out of the realm possibility that they pick up a win on the road. The, 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 it's totally – this team is not – you can't put a label on this team at all because they they had a strong run of form for a while games, then they had a horrendous mm. run of form for I think what six games or something like that, and then who knows what they could turn into. The year. They're definitely not making the playoffs. So you couldn't call them shambolic. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't even know how to use that term. Um, I, I'm more with Michael. I, I think six or less. Mm. Always expect the unexpected. That could maybe be the new oh. our, our mm. owner. I like that one as well. 
They are 0.2% chances of making the playoff. 0.2. Yeah. That's kind of high. So still, you're telling me there's, there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> and I mean, you can poo-poo that. But like, let's look at the darts this afternoon. World match play final. Michael Smith was 9-0 down in that final. He lost. But he came back a little you're bit. You're watching so on he, the zone? He, yeah. He made a little last hurrah. So the Whitecaps could have a bit of a hurrah towards the end of the season. But we did ask our listeners, though, for some tweets as to... How many, how many points they feel the Whitecaps could get? Pre-Minnesota or post-Minnesota? This was pre-Minnesota, actually. Oh. Um, they weren't exactly positive, so we'll, we'll go through a few of them just now. Homie L. Guacamole at Nabatron said, maybe two, and that's generous. The amount they are losing is crazy. Uh, El Canico at El Canico. Who cares? That may be the better question. For me, they may as well forfeit all remaining matches this season if they're not planning on any transfer signings. That's not that's not what was promised. How can the team improve if they're not going to sign anyone better? Uh, Joel Prosser has six points, a win and few draws. I'm counting on getting a few points at the end when playoff team playoff bound teams rest half their starters against us, and I'm being optimistic. Chris Corrigan, Sailor C, he might even take the under on my suggestion of five. Uh, he would certainly take that unless there's no, if there's no shake-up in this window, less than five for Chris. Dave Hall at Dave Hall 111, minus three points. Somehow VWFC will make that possible. I have faith. I do as well. If, any, if anyone can lose points, it's the Whitecaps. Derek Manchester uh, says uh, at a carrot, Carrot top or whatever it says. Uh, I just don't see them eclipsing their 20-point MLS expansion season. Maybe five or six points down the stretch. No more than two wins. Matt Hume just sent a gift that said zero. It works for a radio show. Wu-Sang Lee at Wu-Sang underscore Lee. Two points. Two draws versus Cincinnati and Columbus. All other teams that VWFC... All, sorry. All other teams that VWFC will face are in tight playoff races and they may have to fight for better playoff positions till the end. Yeah. Also, it looks like Caps players have mentally checked out. John W. Hayes at Purple J. Ways uh, says, zero wins. Sad but true. Zero confidence. Gutted. Now, Matt DeSantis knows things aren't great right now. Hang tough, John. He's been honest enough to, to not sugarcoat things. He's told things as they are. He's admitted to his and the club's mistakes. He's looking to the future. And we can only hope that a majority of the fans can look ahead with him. The rumblings of discontent are certainly there. We talked about it in last week's show. We talked about the, the poor crowds that we've seen for the last couple of matches. Social media is just brutal just now. It's like depressing as hell as well, reading it. But it can be entertaining. MDS, he's getting it from all sides right now. And he is the person who has to face the media every day. That is part of his job. But ownership and management, they have to come out of their hidey holes. They have to talk about the situation. They have to address the situation. They're, hi they're hiding. It's like they're cowards. I don't know what it is. They just Do they not want to get the hard time? Clearly not, but... They need to lead from the front. They need to show that they have a plan, especially with season ticket renewals starting on August 1st. They have to show these people that it's worth investing in new season tickets coming to this club. Pretty much everything they said a year ago at the supporters forum has not happened. A lot of the things they said in the off-season has not happened. Do you see anything happen? Do you, do you see someone standing up and coming out and putting their hands up and go, look, we are a mess 
We admit this, we acknowledge this, we're going to try and fix this, and addressing all these situations. The, the, uh, I think, Ooh, flying pig. <laughs> well, considering that J.J. Adams has requested to speak to somebody from ownership, and there's been zero response just at all. just to get in the elevator with me, <laughs> my good pal Jeff. I was going to say, Michael, you don't... You must be pretending that you don't know these people very well. Cause, <laughs> I'm trying to play Diffo's advocate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, them holding up their hands saying we got a lot of stuff wrong is not really their forte uh, because all they care about is the appearance of things. And they always want to appear yeah. positive and like everything's great and they're doing a good job. Uh, they don't like... But they can't anymore. I mean, no one's going to buy that dude, at I all. mean, dude, they, they tried to do it with the whole thing with the the women's coach. Yeah. Until if, if certain things had happened with well, Greg they, Kerfoot, wrote, then they wrote that out and it has kind of disappeared. And they for 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 now. For now, the fact that no one's heads rolled during that and they seem to to come away clean from it is they, they haven't come really. away. They have not come away clean from it yet. And uh, yeah, no. And if they if the if the scope of the investigation they do is not not uh, deemed uh, what it should be by by the by the women involved. Then I think there will probably well, be more problems. For they're them. not investigating; it's an independent people that are investigating. But they it. help set the scope for the investigation. Anyway, it was they—they—they're they, they, not Michael. I don't think they're going to come up, hold their hand, saying, "Yeah, we really screwed up." They're—they're not—they're not going to hold up their hand and say, "Yeah, those things we said at the the town hall last year. Yeah, we haven't done—we haven't done them." Like they're—they're they're not going to do that. What what can they do? What message can they give? Should they be given? To season ticket holders just now to get them to renew, what would you like to see them come out and say? Nothing. They got to show it. Yeah, they have they to show talk. it. They, they have, have to, to take the loss at this point. They they can't expect people to come back and 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 pay. Uh, there was uh, like uh, I think I can't remember what day. Maybe it was Thursday or Friday. They basically had. I re- I I noticed it because I don't notice this very much. The province had them on the front page, the back page. Uh, a couple pages inside, and oh. then they had an editorial too. And the editorial was somebody saying, "I just don't feel like going because I'm not enjoying myself at these games." It isn't, it's not fun. It's not no. fun to watch. And all these promises of, "Oh yeah, it's going to be exciting football." There's all these DPs coming. We've got all this Fonzie money. Blah blah blah. So there's some there's some people I think, including Chris, from, who writes for AFT, and is saying you should keep going because if you don't, then it might mean they move the team, which. Uh, I, I, I don't see I one. See I, I don't see that happening. At yeah. least not till after the World Cup. Yeah, because then the whole soccer landscape in this country could change after that. Yeah, I I don't see that. I can't see them doing that. Right, especially not just that. It's also the expansion money. Oh yeah, right. So I can't see them wanting to. You get don't away want from to move that. this team until there's no more expansion. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, I, I, I think even hotter property. I think yeah. people staying away from season tickets is. Is the way to go. Well, for me, the the two ways you protest is you withhold money from the club in yep. every way, shape, or form, yep. or you make vocal protests at the games. That's how it's always been done in football. Yep. That's happening. You've got folk with bags on their heads, although according to something on the Facebook page, she's maybe not allowed to wear his bag anymore. Didn't well, you, yeah. you're not allowed that. to wear masks, yeah. like, uh, so I don't so, think... The oh, bags they'll, are oh they'll stop that because it looks bad on them. Yeah, but... Oh, that was what the front page yeah. on the yeah. province. There was, there, there was the walkouts. That's, Ru- that's Ryan Flynn. Was it? Yeah. Okay. There's been chants recently asking, waving bye bye. Do you have authority to reveal his identity? Uh, he has put it on his social media. Okay, saying, gotcha. I'm on the front page of the province. <laughs> <today."> <laughs> oh, so. But I mean, folk want heads to roll. 
are heads ever going to roll in this front office? Because they seem to be like Teflon. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of it's it's kind of like Montreal, where there's too much. It's I won't use the word I was going to use. There's too they're too closely connected to each other that losing one is not good for them. Losing one and that being replaced with an outside, they they become this tight human centipede almost. Right. Well, they become this tight group of people that what they do is when they have problems like this, they circle the wagons, they keep each other safe. And maybe another time we'll talk about how they've done that in the past, um, where they've kept each other safe and gotten rid of their, the threats to them. Um, but so to lose one and have someone new come in is a threat to all of them. So especially if they're competent and actually know football, exactly well, the new people coming in. Yeah. yeah. Because the current people are obviously are not. I, I totally agree. And then the thing is the, uh, everybody always keeps talking about um, management that they're the issue. The problem is the ownership is keeping them there because all the shots are going at management and staying off ownership. Well, nobody, no, nobody really goes after. Only recently, yes, have people right. started going after ownership. This is but, the but that's part thing. of the circle. They're part yes. of the circle. That's yes. the thing. And, and we, we or maybe later or maybe another time. We'll, we'll, we can talk about. Some people are starting to talk about the history and how things got to where they are now. Maybe we can talk about that later, but like that can be a show in itself. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's very clear how the culture developed, who's involved, how the culture developed and why it's been allowed to last so long. It's very, if you, if you've been around for a while, you know, and you understand the, the pressures might not on the front office, the pressures might not on the owners. Is it beyond the realms of possibility that their knee jerk reaction then is they get rid of Mark DeSantos but because they, no, no, but the, listen, listen yeah. why? Because they'll be like, "Look, we've listened to the fans. We've listened to what you've said. No, we we will not <laughs> accept failure at this club. He has not performed." Or they'll say, "We don't like the way he spoke publicly about players." I, or that's whatever. what they did last year. Yeah. I, I think I think they're too cheap to fire him this soon. <laughs> they're going to give him a yeah, second that's true. year. They would have to give. They'd have, they have two to pay him out. on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, three, three. Oh yes. Well, they just bring in was it Craig? They're bringing Craig again. So then, then they'll just, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting rid of them this year. Next year is a different story. Our, our, by the end of the and year, and to be honest, like folk are going to say, "Oh, you, you give Mark DeSantis an easy ride and this or a free pass or whatever." And we're we're not because Mark has made mistakes, and I'll hold him up it's, to those it, mistakes. It's hard to give him an, a hard uh, ride or whatever, or give, not give him an easy ride because he's admitting to the mistakes himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually one person that is admitting but to mistakes. But if we are in this, if we're in exactly the same situation this time next season, yeah. after two transfer windows, then yeah, he's probably not the right man for the job in that situation. It'll be no, three transfer but windows. He, but again, he's so limited in the transfer window. So he he so in January he says, yeah, January is difficult to buy. Blah blah blah. Summer's when it, and then he comes to summer and he can't spend any money. So what's he going to say? He says, "Oh, we're going to do it in Jan." Like it, it's it's the approach that is limiting him. That is limiting what he can do with the squad. Well, the other thing with Mark though as well is he has had more criticism. It's felt in his first few months in the job than Robo had in the time combined. This is like from the media, and I think a lot of it is that it's just a legacy. He's come in. When everyone is fed up, they're pissed off with how this yeah. club's getting run, and he's the guy then that's taking the brunt of it. But he has signed these players, and ha- did he sign too many different nationalities that haven't gelled? Did he sign too many players that hasn't had experience with MLS and can't handle all this travel and all this kind of stuff? I think it's this latter. Uh, we we've talked about it a lot of times. Like we thought. He would get some people in from outside, inside MLS. But he, he did mention in the preseason that 
he just the players he wanted from inside MLS they were either weren't available or too expensive to bring in. Like the the other teams were asking for way too much. So because they knew Vancouver had Alfonso Davies transfer exactly funds. yeah so they they were and maybe it wasn't expensive in uh, their minds but maybe it was expensive in the the management thought was going to be to give these guys so much and some folk are calling for him to go which is absolutely ridiculous because you have to give him a chance to build what he's wanting to build here here's the thing Mark DeSantis I've had three conversations with him over the last year or whatever when he that day he came with LAFC. Talked to him after the game, said, can't wait for you to be a head coach, maybe in this league or whatever. And there was some kind of awkward where I was just like, but you'd never come here. And he was sort of like, well, you never know, sort of thing. And I remember being like, why would you come here? You know all the issues that are here. You you know. Oh, and he, I'm and, pretty and, sure and, folk warned him off coming yeah, here. Yeah, and he was like, well, you know, we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. I was like, yeah, never. That's never going to happen. And then it happened. And then he met with uh, supporters. And I'm sitting down with supporters, and he talked about, and maybe this is ruining the, another part of the show later, sorry. He, he talked about how they need to have, uh, I don't know if he used technical director, but he, how he, oh, he talked about how they wanted, he wanted to have a scouting department. Yeah. He talked about, I want to have yeah, one main person, himself. and I want to have two other people in other parts of the world. And we, so we asked him questions because. I knew some people who would be interested in this. Yeah. And, and I had some names as well. And so I was just like, so do these people you're talking around the world, do, do they work for only the Whitecaps or can they work for other clubs or other people? And he was like, no, they only work for the Whitecaps. And so, so anyway, so that was going on. And then, and then I talked to him once during the season. I said, look, like you, you knew what, like you knew how things were not great here. Like why, why would you come to this mess? Like this is a mess. Why would you come to this mess with this front office, this ownership, the way they operate? And he just said, look, I know all the challenges. But, and Robbo actually said very similar things to me in the past. Yeah. Because if you can achieve in Vancouver with all the restrictions, all the limitations. Oh, yeah. It'll do your stock wonders. Then, then yeah, then you, you really are proving yourself because you're yeah. achieving something with very little. And so he said, I think I, I've done that in the past. I think I can do it again. And I, and I look forward to the challenge. But the challenge, I think, has been more difficult than he would have hoped. Yeah. I mean, for me, he's the right man for the job. We, we've known him for years now. Yeah. And right it, man for the job, not with the right back. Yeah. He's, he's always had success. This I don't think the, there is. A, sorry, I'm gonna, I don't think there is a right man with this backing at this point. That was the other thing. It's like, who'd, if he goes... Who on earth do you bring in no. that can do anything better? Folk will say you can't do much worse. No, but, but that's, that's the thing. They keep doing the same thing. Yeah. They, okay, Tater, whatever. He was here at USL and ESL, whatever. That's fine. So they brought him forward, but limited contract. But, but then with a young coach, young coach, no MLS experience. They can pay him less. He can see what he, see what he does. Doesn't work out. Then they take his assistant. Similar thing. Young coach, limited experience, before he wants to be a coach. He played in MLS, but didn't yeah. coach. Yeah, has some more MLS experience. So they, they do that. Then when that, that runs, of course, same thing. Someone they can pay less with less experience, but uh, potential upside. Yeah. They, but although you say that, I wanted MDS here. We talked about him being the guy to come here back in April. Yep. As, as he would be the ideal guy for here. It's not working out just now. He is making plans for the future. And in the next part of the show, we're going to play a chat I had with him at training this week, just talking about what that future may look like. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Dig if you will the picture of you and I engaged in a kiss. The sweat of the body covers 
little purple people eater himself, Prince. From Minnesota. When doves cry. From the Purple Rain album. Came out uh, 35 years ago this weekend. Or Love that album. It, that and the movie, the movie came out. Uh, sorry, the movie came out. Oh, so I don't yeah. know when the album exactly came out. Purple Rain, Parade, classic albums, 1999. Th- that, those three album periods from Prince was like definitely his best. So we talked a little bit before the break there about Mark DeSantos. And yeah, he, he's, he knew that he had a tough job ahead. This season, no one's going to come out and say it's a complete write-off, but... <laughs> Right now it is, so he has to think to head to the future. 0.2. There's still a chance. So I got a chance to, to speak to him about a lot of those future plans at, at training this week. Sit back, grab your favourite hot beverage of choice and a chocolate digestive and listen to Mark DeSantos. One of the things we were just kind of thinking about when we did our show at the weekend, you've talked about the mentality of the group and kind of sometimes it's a bit fragile. It seems to, you can maybe pinpoint it to that late goal in Seattle that w- that was given up. It's Was it before that? Or no, was you, that a key moment? You have a, no, you have a great point and it's so hard to identify, to be honest with you. I When I was with uh, Montreal, it's an experience I had with Montreal when we were... And you remember that very well when we did that run in Champions League and we were, even being a second division team, we were in the quarterfinals of Champions League. And if you remember that loss against Santos Laguna, um, do you remember the goals in injury time? It took us kind of two, three months. Every time the opponent would score, like even in a USL game, we would. It feels like we would see ghosts of Santos Laguna. It was kind of weird that 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 moment. I don't know. Me, I I thought about is it the six one in LA that just made us doubt about him many things. Your point. I I thought about that point too, where we could have scored before in Seattle. We had we had good chances to score in Seattle. Uh, Fry makes an impossible save on Ali Adnan and then that game just Freddie has a very good chance too and then they score an injury that was a hard blow a very hard blow being against Seattle maybe but I think it's a little bit more than that what I what I think it is is we have um, we have made way too many changes in the lineup uh, after the Gold Cup sometimes a back five a back four we didn't play a team the same team with consistency a little bit like we did in the run of 11 games it doesn't allow us it doesn't allow us to to work the team having so many games uh, success uh, with succession i'm I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I, I, I question a lot the schedule, and it's something that next season I told Greg I want to be on top of it because it doesn't make sense that Vancouver Whitecaps has 23 games played. We should have yeah. maybe the less games played in the league because of our travel. It's like if uh, they just want to go, have them do the schedule, have them play, you know, and... When we play on Wednesdays, we play on Saturdays. 
while uh, the, our opponent has a full week rest. That happened four times this year, where our opponent has a full week rest. We play Wednesday and Saturday. So, I don't know, all of that made us rotate too much, and I think that hasn't brought stability uh, to the team. When you look Sorry, at my, que- my answer was... Oh, no, this is great. This is for our show. So, it fills our two hours that we've got. We don't have to talk about the games. <laughs> Talking about the travel, I don't know if you followed anything of what Tim Parker was tweeting about with the problems that New York Red Bulls had yesterday getting. I don't home. have Twitter, but uh, I ask Nathan. Yeah. I mean, I ask Nathan if if there's or Tom if there's a big major news like a player said something stupid, one of our players spoke bad about me in the media, you know, something yeah. like that. He he would make me aware, or I follow sign signings through MLS Alert. So, but the rest of rumors, what players say on Instagram, when they're at the beach, on Twitter—I have no time for that, honestly. Well, basically, New York. But what did had, he say? They had a hellish journey getting home. Their I heard was of that. It was yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the bargaining agreement's coming up. I know you can't talk too much on the players' behalf, no. but what needs to change with this travel and the schedule? It needs to become more professional. That's what I would say. It needs to become more professional uh, because uh, that's almost impossible in a profession, in a real professional league, to go about uh, th- through this with with this type of, of travel. Maybe with two new teams coming in, is it going to look a little bit one day the U- uh, like the USL, where you play in your division? and then there's yeah. a final with the other division. Is it going to go towards that? Maybe with the expansion teams, it's going to go towards that, and it will, it will help the traveling. I don't know. I don't know. But for sure that when you fly to Boston, uh, flying from Vancouver to Boston, it's only two hours and a half less than flying from Vancouver to London. Yeah. So you fly there, you play, and then on Thursday you fly back, at least play on Sunday. And it happens all the time that we play on Saturday. And it doesn't help our team because we're not a team with an incredible depth. We're not a t- and, and of course that, that starts to tax. It's like you're in a boxing uh, ring and you're getting punched and you're able to hold some punches. But then, you know, your, your arms start to go down. I feel that that's the difficult part for us right now. And talking about strengthening the team, adding the depth, yeah. you spoke earlier that often the January window's not ideal, and then you've got players like Freddie, they come here, they're tired, they've been yeah. playing since August, yeah. and Bum's tired, yeah. but now it looks like that might be where you have to, yeah. to make the splashes. Look, Are you going to have the same issues I'll next great. year? No, it's great that you said that, because our targets that we have right now are in leagues, that it makes sense that window so it gives you a good idea of the leagues okay and uh, we've evaluated very well the tarp the type of markets and the type of leagues that we have to watch uh, when we recruit a player that for 10 years uh, the only thing he's done in the majority of his time 70 percent of his career plays saturday saturday and he buses two games, yeah. 45 minutes, two hours, one hour, well, maybe we have to be careful with that type of profile that looks very good when we watch him in his habitat, in his environment, 
and then it's non-realistic in our environment. You know, so these are the things that we're, we've been evaluating a lot. You brought a lot of loan players in, and when you brought them in, I was like, ah, oh, it's always a danger that then you've got to pay more for them at the end or yeah. whatever. But it's also a plus that if they're not working out, you, you yeah. can get... Look, the, re- the reason why we did that is because we knew we were getting into a kind of mission impossible when we redid all the, um, the roster without being an expansion team. Because an expansion team, they they start off in a good position. Go choose ten guys from another from the other teams. Here's the money to do this, that. We did the, a similar turn, but without having an expansion draft, without having none of that. So that was the risk, and we knew it was a huge risk, and we knew it would we would go in a train of a very hard 2019. We were aware aware of that. Um, but then you, when you take decisions, you're saying we need to put ourselves in a position that we could evaluate, be good with the next windows, and not commit too much for 2020. And that's why we had so many guys on loan. And if you look at this team, it's setting up to have a base that if you do well the job, you could be... You you will be much better in 220, but very good in 221, where maybe very few players have a contract right now. That's what we want to set up for. And we, we always felt that I knew as a coach that I would take beatings and Greg would take beatings, but we're able to look at things that you guys are not able in the sense that we look over the mountain and the plan of what it would look like in uh, two or three years from now and then when we hit that mark we become consistent in staying there that's what we want is the time coming up pretty soon that we're going to maybe see the young guys like Simon Coli and Baldi Simone yeah. and is fit yeah look Theo is starting again tomorrow but I've said it so many times he deserves it yeah. his personality his work I was so hard with him on him before when he came back he had a meeting with me in the beginning of the season saying hey I want to play I want to be a part and an important part of this club and he wasn't showing it in training and I was he was like he wanted to be that uh, in a in a in a way that is um, okay entitled and I got really upset at him that day and I sent him to work with the development squad. So he didn't even train with us for, I think, a month. And he was walking through this, going over there every day. He didn't say a word. But when we brought him back after the Korea trip, his mentality was totally different. Hardworking, listened to everything. Every little minute he got for him was gold. So he put himself in that position to deserve it. Simon Coline today is not ready to get in. And Baldi has to show us more in training to get in. I just want to be fair. I want to make sure that the message is not because it's academy, they have to play. No, it's not true. Now, if they deserve, they could go talk with Tio. Tio, what did you do? How was your mentality to get a chance? Maybe Tio could explain a a little bit uh, to them. If they show that some signs that I feel they deserve it, there's big chances that we'll see another young player playing. 
You talked about like last pre-season Hawaii, you feel it was more like a holiday because you didn't have all your squad together. Yeah. And I know this is looking way far ahead, but yeah. what do you see this off-season looking like and pre-season looking I'm like? I'm excited. Look, I cancelled. I, my kids had the dream to go to, to Africa. My father's in Mozambique and oh. I cancelled that trip. Uh, so I was supposed to go with my family there. My my wife's a little bit pissed, <laughs> but this is how serious I am on uh, what's going to happen in the off season and where I have to be. Okay, uh, so that's number one. And uh, our preseason right now is uh, 360 turn from what it was uh, last season. We can't announce things right now, but it's total totally different with a base of players with targets that we want. Uh, I'm excited again about the future. Now, if I have to write down everything that I encountered the first day, you know, I uh, in, in November 3rd, I think, Nathan, was it November 3rd? I was still with LAFC against Real Salt Lake, something, something like that. Then arriving the 15, rebuilding a full roster in one month and a half, where we tried our best. That's why the thing of loans yeah. to try to protect the future of the club. Sorry, and then uh, the preseason that I felt it was a camp. I unfortunately that's the truth because of the situation we were in. We had kids of 15, 16 years old. We were in Hawaii. I it wasn't good. It wasn't good. If we have to uh, hold ourselves to high standards, the beach was good in the afternoon. All the rest wasn't good. And preseason has to be focused on soccer, not on the beach. Um, so I was very, I was upset about that, but it's not the club's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just the situation of the club made us go to a preseason that we weren't ready, right? We we played the game against LAFC, our last game of uh, of preseason, where three days before, four days before, Inbio, Mardais, and Montero had arrived, right? So Freddie plays in the game against Minnesota United uh, eight or nine days after he arrived. All of that won't happen next year, and it's... I'm excited about how preseason looks next season. That's great. I'll shut up now. Mark DeSantos, a lot of interesting stuff there very, from the gaffer. Very interesting. Mm. We're going to unpack some of it just, just now. He certainly has a tough job on his hands, so do the players. They seem to be in for a very tough and testing pre-season, from what it sounds there. No more beach holidays in Hawaii. And some folk have said, well, he's complaining about that. Why did he just not cancel it? They couldn't. They, they were had committed. a financial penalty. Yes. After they had been there the previous season, they had to commit right away if they wanted to go back. So they committed right away to do it, and they couldn't get out of it. So he had no say in that well, whatsoever. Well, they, they could. It would just impact the budget. Well, yes. It would have been a, a big financial penalty, I guess. Cancelling a family holiday, though, to focus on the Whitecaps should hopefully show people Mark DeSantis' commitment to this club. If it's going to be a complete turnaround from Hawaii, like suggested, that can only mean they're going to Iceland. <laughs> Maybe Finland, somewhere in the Arctic Circle. Greenland. Obviously, I'll, I'm hoping for the, the UK, because I'm hoping to head home at some point, 
maybe March next year anyway. I can make it a little but bit earlier. You think maybe Portugal with all the Portugal to me would make some sense. But that's sense. kind of warm too, isn't that kind of a beach? Yeah, but I think thing? he's wanting to be in a testing environment. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be that they go to one of the Florida tournaments again. We can go to the Mickey Mouse Cup or Carolina, Charleston. They have all those tougher How about in, with Germany? So Charles, Charleston, they're tearing Ooh. down the stadium. Oh, yes, they are. They so have to sad. find a new home. Yeah. yeah. How, about, how about Germany? Germany might be a good shout out. Because there's a lot of teams that they could play in certain divisions and everything all across, right? Yeah. But it's, it's definitely going to be tougher. And he's clearly not been happy with the preparation for this one. In January is when they're doing their... Pre-season second of the yeah, second half, yeah. right? Yeah. They have those camps. So if, if we unpack some of that, first of all, let's look at strengthening of the squad. The explanation of knowing that the job of rebuilding the squad w- was more than he thought. He talked about it was like Mission Impossible there. Hence the loan deals. I mean, that that's interesting. Certainly, it does sound like this year... It sounds like they knew it was going to be a write-off without ever being able to obviously say that. Many of us thought, and you can't say that because you're going to switch the fans off right away and get backlash right away. The, the thing is, hope that you build it and it might all come together on the pitch, but deep down they knew it was a very tough, tough job. I think if the season had been sold that way, that this was going to be a year where, look, it's going to be a rebuild, it's going to be a struggle, but we want to get things right for 2020 onwards, I think more people would have found it palatable than the situation now where they've been expecting these big things and nothing's come to pass. And MDS is honest to admit that he and Greg Anderson knew they would take beatings in some quarters uh, for how this year has gone. I think verbal, I don't I don't think they get locked in a room and, yeah. and hit with twigs, but who knows. It, it sounds, though, like from listening to that, the plan is, and he said it, to be much better in 2020 than 2019, but very good in 2021. I don't know that that's what the fans want to hear. Yeah. I think the fans are wanting much more, much better 2020. They can they can year. make uh, improve better improvements. Like the whole thing about um the way that the season was uh, uh, projected to the fans. I, I think they did it right, but they they were also saying Listen, we're gonna have. Uh, we're not gonna be like good. We're gonna be making a lot of changes. We're gonna be like an expansion team, like they've yeah. said multiple times. But they also mentioned that we're gonna compete for the playoffs. That we want to, our goal is to make the playoffs. Uh, they never said MLS Cup. Luckily, they never said top twenty-five either. Um, but they said top twenty-five in MLS. Yeah. But they said that they were. They wanted to do certain things, right? And the my biggest thing is that they they were kind of they were okay. But these, these those five game stretch where they outscored seventeen to two, totally took every any goodwill that was yeah. even a slightly built totally away. Like it was uh, it was it was wiped out basically I, that stretch. No, I think it goes back to the town hall again when, or last year when they said we're going to be in the top three of spending and we're going to invest the Alfonso Davies transfer money in the squad. Yeah, that's that was... Or on the footballing side of thing. And they haven't done that with a, with a scouting department and they haven't done it well near well enough on, on the field. Yeah, no, I agree no. with that. But the but my my point is like when, when once MDS... I don't think he was part of the town hall, was he? No. Or, yeah, no, so... No. The, but, the but, whole... but, but, but hang on, he wasn't a part of that. But then when he came, they didn't say... Oh, now that he's here, we're changing that, right? Like, yeah, yeah oh, but then no. the whole expansion thing came in too, right? So that I don't know. The, the tone has completely changed over these last five, six games 
especially after the, the Cavalry game, the tone changed, that now it's talk of trying to make moves in this window. Because before that, he had talked about... January. Yeah, January yeah. is the better time to get players. The summer's not the better time. I, we talked last week about, I see both sides of that, because you can bring a guy in now and then see how he fits in, get him used to the league, and then he's got a bit of time to rest, yeah. as opposed to bringing in a guy like Freddie or Inbom, who's been playing. Inbom's been like two full seasons now. Freddie's a season and a half, and that's going to take a toll on anyone's body. But the tone has changed now of trying to freshen up things in this window. He's talked about that there's some things that the Whitecaps have agreed to, but the other clubs haven't agreed to. We know that there's been players that he's been trying to get, but it's fallen through. And I do think it's going to be difficult for them to sign players now for a number of reasons. Players out with MLS are going to be looking at where the club is just now and thinking, oh, do I want to come to this? Players within the league are going to have heard things about what the Whitecaps are like financially or whatever, and it's like, oh, do I want to go and put myself in that situation? So it's going to be tough, I think, to to get these players. But it, it does sound like we might get something, maybe not anything too exciting, before the window closes on August 7th. This is just another sign or symptom of how, how they function as a club, right? How they function as a team, a sports business, whatever. It's all reactionary. Like, this is... A, like. Oh, we don't want. We're not buying this window. We're not spending in this window. They go on a poor run. Oh, we better do something. We got to do something because if we don't do something, yeah. it looks like it's that knee jerk yeah. reaction. That's they, why they I need said to be, I'm concerned. Their knee jerk yeah. reaction will be, well, let's just get rid of the coach, and then that will appease some fans. But, yeah. but, but they need to be proactive, not reactive. No, but I think with DeSantos, I think he maybe there's something that happened over these few games which really changed his mind. Like I think this yeah. came more from DeSantos because I I don't think he would have. Change his mind if he didn't see whatever he saw. Like, I'm just speculating well, Russell here. Russell Be- Beresford sent an interesting tweet out tonight, that, and we talked about it in the last part as well. Something has happened to the squad. Yeah. Because they were together. We talked about their fighting quality. They were coming back from two goals down. Something has happened that he has lost the players. And he was asked on Thursday, have the players tuned you out? And he's like, you have to ask the players that. No player is going to come up and, and say that publicly you, you would feel. If they do, then we've got some serious issues at, at this club that's going to take well, not, a long time. Not until the end of season press. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could be fireworks. I'm sure they'll all be told what they can and can't say. Let's see who goes off script. But something's happened. We just don't know what it is. And I don't know if Mark DeSantis knows what it is or not. But he talked about wanting to address, if he is bringing players in in January, basically he's not going to be getting them from leagues that's been playing since August and they're still playing. That's kind of what you could read between the lines yeah. of what he said there. So you may be looking... And also he talked about players that are used to a bit of travel as well and not just bus trips. I mean, when he talks about seeing a player in his environment who does really well but only plays every Saturday and gets buses between games, Johnny Reese's mind immediately, that's the name that, that springs in, into there. But if you're looking at leagues from what he suggested, you're looking at China, Japan, South Korea and Asia where we know he's gone to the well before, he's had interest in these leagues. I question how effective players from those leagues have been in MLS in the past. It's true, but I, I also think that it might not be getting players from that league. Maybe players, you don't even look at those leagues, but you could look at players who are fitter, mm. who are who have a, a capability of playing that kind of uh, style. Like I'm sure there are players out there that are 
more athletic and more have more fitness and everything like that that can play yeah. and also players from those leagues don't need to be from those specific countries yeah. either obviously the, I, yeah fitness I mean, that's an interesting perspective Steve. I think one one thing I noticed and I was reminded of yesterday as I watched matches uh, with such players as um, Eric Hurtado uh, Darren Maddox and Kakuta Mane say whatever you will about their skill or finishing ability or whatever um, but they brought Vancouver something that I think is really important in MLS, and that is pace. Yeah, that I think is sorely lacking. In but I would team. also point out their teams all lost. Yeah, fair enough. But in MLS, I think you need a quick player to help stretch defenses. We have quick. To... Last Bangura is quick. No, but he's not like he's Vanu- not. Vanu is quick. No, okay, fast. But, okay, but then you can be too fast, like Kakuta, where you then your feet go too fast and your brain's not keeping up, and you. Can do stuff right, with the right, ball, right? Right. So there's a happy medium. Well, there's a happy medium. medium, but in MLS, teams have shown that uh, I think through, especially this era, last ten years of MLS, having a, a quick player gives you creates space oh, for, for sure. other players. Yeah, so so look sure. at here's a, here's a, uh, my favorite example of this is the guy he played for Montreal and Toronto, the Mohawk, different colored hair uh, from Ghana. Oh, Dominic. Oduro? Yeah, Dominic Oduro. Yeah. Right. You need players like that, or to St. Ricketts for TFC, yeah. even. Like, you need a fast player. I'm still who, surprised we didn't make a play for him. Well, he got, a, uh, I think, good enough money. Yeah. We're going over. But you need a fast player to help create space. And I think that's one of, the, one of the elements, one of the ingredients that may be missing from the side. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, Lass and Venuto are quick and shifty or whatever, but I don't think they have that, like, out and out pace. Yes. Like they had, obviously, with Alfonso Davies. Like, like yeah. breakaway thing. speed. Yeah. And, yeah. and that keep the, the back line. Uh, honest, honest yeah. and everything so that if you stretch them out you can have gaps in the midfield so you make your midfield yeah. better too yeah I mean other leagues which, which is something Carl Robinson really did a lot of yeah, yeah. like I, that's why we had too many of like I don't have an issue player. with with the long ball once in a while too because then you, yeah. you you don't have the back line of the op- opposition moving too far up the pitch you can they have to back off they they yeah. don't yeah. know they know they don't have to worry about it, it if they, uh, different uh, pockets of space yeah, yeah exactly high press and all the stuff that we were meant to be seeing this year hasn't happened. And yeah. if it's because these players haven't been able to play it, yeah. that's something that fitness, yeah. maybe you look at fitness, you look at did they get asked if they could play these positions and they said yes and then it turns out they can't. But I mean, other leagues that could kind of fit in with his criteria, there's Norway and Sweden, the latter of which has produced a, a lot of MLS talent. And there's a young lad, Latin something or other, down in Los Angeles, it seems he could be a, a good prospect for the future. But you also have the maybe more exciting prospects of Mexico and Brazil. Those leagues kind of fit. And for me, the Whitecaps, they need to look at the countries that have proven time and time and time again that their players excel in MLS. Argentina's top of that list. I have so many players from Argentina. Colombia to Mexico, but Argentina. Efren Juarez? Some Mexico. (laughs) Some parts of Mexico. Some Mexicans. But don't get guys that are like past their prime. Get the players that are trying to either are in their prime, even if they might not be, you know, the best players in Mexico, yeah. but in their prime or players that are trying to get to the prime. Well, we've had far too many possible players that could reach potential and they're using MLS as a springboard. They haven't worked out. Likewise, we've had far too many players that oh, they've had this potential and then it's kind of gone and I feel I can turn them around again. Yeah. That is a question well, I actually so the meant players, to ask him on Tuesday, but I run out of time. The type of players you're talking about, you have to pay for them. Well, there's that as well. 
But, yeah, I mean, there's... He talked about the stuff about the schedule. That was spot on. The Caps have always had a rough schedule. We're but, certainly not using that as an excuse. But so have results, but so have but, Seattle, so yeah. Portland, so have the LA teams. They have... I mean, it might I be think that, I mean, less than Vancouver, but You don't it's, want to make that as an excuse, but that is part of the reason because we've played so many midweek games and he talked there about... the whole league has this year. Yeah, but you're playing across in New England on a Wednesday late at night, but you're still expected to then be playing here Saturday afternoon. That's the kind of stuff the Whitecaps front office need to be pushing. No, we want Sunday games. We don't want that. We want games around each other. They need to be pushing hard for that. Just push for more sensible fixtures. And as Mark said, if we want to be a professional football club and a professional organisation, that's the kind of stuff that goes with it. Like if you want to send us to uh, Orlando after a midweek game, have the midweek game in Chicago or in somewhere on the East Coast so that we don't have to go back to Vancouver and come back again. I know it's not easy to come up with a, a schedule, but these are the things that have to get addressed. And the players have to push for this in this collective bargaining agreement that, well, that's coming there's up. There's going to be a strike next year. Yeah. There needs to be. Yeah, we'll have a lot of time to fill with CPL, I think, next year. But obviously, some positive stuff there from Mark DeSantis. He's trying really hard to, to be cheerful just now. And it's difficult right now to, to find reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Summer Buddy Holly, the working folly, the golly Miss Molly, and boats. Hammersmith Pally, the Bolshoi Bally, jump back in the alley, add nanny goats, 18 wheelers camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal boats, seeing Piccadilly, Fanny Smith and Willie, being rather silly, and porridge oats, a bit of grin and bear it, a bit of come and share it, you're welcome, we can spare it, yellow socks, too short to be haughty, too nutty to be naughty, going on 40, no electric shots, the juice of the carrot, the smile of the parrot, a little drop of claret, anything that works, Elvis and Scotty, days when I spotted, reasons to be cheerful from Ian during the blockheads there. Part three. It was a hit in 1979. Entered the UK charts this week. And we've played the song before. Where we've tried to come up with reasons to, to be cheerful about Whitecaps things. I, I came up with some things that I'm cheerful about. There's only five home games to go. And I'm away for at least one of them. So I don't have to suffer too much. I also don't have to worry about a game clashing with my wedding anniversary this year. That's on Halloween. Yes. Our season's way over by then. Also, after my little break, I feel a lot more energised with the amount of content that we've pumped out this week we'll attest to that maybe bad news for the Whitecaps there but it's got me cheerful what what do you feel there is to be cheerful about the Whitecaps just now for you guys should we just get to yeah let's get to the other tweets okay James Campbell at 1995 Ajax he said fewer people booing every game Oh. Chris Graham at Flying Rooster. We literally can't get any worse. There's comfort in knowing exactly where we stand for once. There's no doubt about it. We are complete crap from top to bottom. So from that perspective, we can only go up from here. True. Uh, Boost uh, Tatry at W Bruce Tatry. Season's almost over. Next season can't be worse. Be positive. Yeah. We feel it can't be worse, but could it? Hmm. Well, with Johnny Monsters last week, they, they always keep finding new levels. They yeah, can't hit rock bottom. Yeah. ZKY at C Gaulitzi. I'm cheerful about the best part of the game when it's over. Reina at, what is that? Barrel the Peril. Barrel the Peril. There's a one in there. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> no Robbo. Lots of empty seats. Able to move around. Stretch out. No lineups at concessions. Washrooms. MDS. 
Uh, Moon Bagari said, Inbomb, Adnan, new away kit next season. Oh, yeah, we will get a new away kit. I, I'll miss the Unity kit. The, the worst named kit for what the last two seasons have been in the White Cats locker room. But yeah, the room. Ru- Unity kit, I like it. Rumours are, though, that it's going to just be an all-black kit this time just to capture the supporters' mood and possibly just to, to mirror the black hole that is our midfield. Uh, Rick Jones at Calgary Nick, he feels we've got some killer kits. More brutal, at more brutal, uh, that there isn't promotion and relegation in MLS. Yeah, we should be really cheerful for that. Uh, Connor Turner at C... Tover Drive, uh, MDS, a season where Adnan and Imbaum are settled and more comfortable. Curious to see if the team gets any CPL players. Moving my season tickets to a few rows closer to the pitch and closer to a more active supporters group. Winky face. There are some reasons to, to be cheerful. Let's hope we can get some more before the season's out because it is quite doom and gloom just now. It does wear you down. It is quite depressing. As Yaz and the Plastic Population sang with their big hit in the 90s, the only way is up. We'll be back with some upbeat stuff after this. Hi, I'm Mark Anthony Kay and you're listening to the AFTN radio show. The strike jacket of true love's fine, bang bang. If you're Houdini in your spare time, bang bang. Lord Nell and Lady Hamilton, they fought for love When he come home from the war, he give a what for love A mighty fall when love has called Vampire friends desire to lust Fang, fang They fall on necks, then fall in love Pang, pang the Marquis de Sade was happy with a stroke of love Sherlock Holmes alone preferred a little toke of love Bang, bang, the mighty fall Bang, bang, when the love is called Bang, bang, the mighty fall Bang, bang Everyone loves a good bang, bang on a Sunday evening and that's what you get on the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM Every Sunday, listen, you should. That was Scottish singer-songwriter B.A. Robertson there. A hit in 1979. We usually do our kind of stuff to tie in with all that, but because we're overrunning a little bit this week, we'll we'll do some more of that later. And I am also going to be bringing back the written stuff about the 1979 season. We just took the, the break when I... Was taking some time off, so we'll be back with that soon, recapping all that. No, the 2019 is over. Yeah. Yeah. But MLS chat, that's what we're going to get to in this part. Not going to break down the games, but there's been a few interesting talking points that's come out this week in the league, outside of Whitecaps land. Big one, of course, as we started off with the show, the Whitecaps are not bottom of the West anymore. Thank you, Colorado. And as I said, it's interesting, the two teams that's below us are the two teams that's got lots of ex-Whitecaps in it. Whitecaps finished the week's second bottom, 10 points off the playoff places. They have played at least two more games so than everyone above them. You can cling on to any hopes if you want, and until it's mathematically not possible, yeah, why don't you do that? But you watch these other teams, it's not going to happen. More realistically, the West is going to be a hell of a shootout down the stretch here. And 
watching some of the games this weekend, some of the football has just been first class. Yeah, I, I don't see any. No, none of the teams seem to be having the summer drop off at all. No. Everybody, like they, beating everybody they'll lose a game that, here, yeah. but the, nobody's having like a stretch of losses or anything so far. Well, Portland's making their big late season move, as they like to do. They moved into the playoff places yesterday. Right. In part due to the fact that they had to play like the first half of the season away from home yeah. while their stadium was being finished. The, the stadium looks really good. That new does. stand looks absolutely lovely. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go down and then I decided not to. And then after the nil nil yesterday, I said to Caitlin, maybe we should go down. Then I watched the Portland game. I was like, no, no, forget that. <laughs> they are going to hammer us by the looks of it. If they're anywhere like what they were against the LA Galaxy, 4-0 win. And it was a good game. I mean, Galaxy had their chances as well. But Portland moved the ball so good. Valeri... Oh, the goal. Valeri Did you see his goal? Yeah. Did he megged us? Was it stairs? Yeah, oh, man. absolutely fantastic finish I mean they're, they're looking good it is worrying for us has Latin played in that Timbers game and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about he probably shouldn't have yeah he got a warning later this week basically as I tweeted out it probably went along the lines of was it a recall on his Ferrari <laughs> maybe dear Mr Latin, we would prefer it if you didn't elbow other players uh, if, if, if you want to it's okay you, you can do that but just tr- try not to so he gets a warning and not a suspension. Did you see the LAFC? The LAFC TIFO was yeah. good. It was all about marketing over Mar- player, player safety. safety. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on it? It wasn't TIFO. It was like protest TIFO. Mm. Pro- I didn't think you were allowed that in MLS. Well, it's the Seattle people. Some owners don't care. Mm. What, what did you think? Should he have been suspended? I think it was worthy of a booking, but I don't know that it was a red car defense because I don't think it was a deliberate elbow. Well, uh, it, there have been some uh, instances this week where it was like, uh, for example, the um, uh, was in the Montreal game or no oh. one of the games where there was a kick to the the ball was kicked right in the face of somebody. That was so, and, that, oh, that was, was the, the Portland game. game. Oh, that was the Portland. Yeah. Game. That was a joke. That was Efrain Alvarez. I texted you right away. I, unfortunately, you were watching the game, but like that was so obviously not intentional. What was he meant to do there? Yeah. The guy falls towards him as, as he's, he's kicking, kicking a ball. Yeah, it then hits the guy. There's nothing he could have done about it. And that. the commentators are like, "Oh, there's no way they can overturn that." I'm like, "You got to be kidding the me!" Same thing where, like, remember the Venuto one where Venuto was uh, somebody slid in front of him. Was it? The, it was a Calgary game. Yeah, Calgary game. He was terrified he was going to get sent off there because he didn't see the guy sliding yeah. in either. He actually jumped to avoid the guy. Yeah, he had his back to the guy, and then he turns to get on a ball, and then the guy's sliding in, so he tries to hurdle him. I mean, what? It's ridiculous. And like, also, I don't know what a handball is anymore. Right. Yeah. If we want to look at the Whitecaps game oh. yesterday, I thought that was a handball. Totally, Tiber. It was. It, it was, based on what's been called in this league this year. How can you not give that as a handball? It's there's no there's, some, there's no standard anymore. No, especially some of the calls against the Whitecaps earlier yeah. this yeah. year. The handball. So when we got a break. It was yeah. good to get a break. But if we're, they bounce if each we're other going down the middle, that should have been yeah. a penalty to Minnesota. Totally. Then. Then we're not talking about, oh, this might be a bit of a shot in the arm for them. We're talking about it's another defeat. It's a losing streak. So, would have been 4-0, right? Yep. Dodge the bullet. Yeah, <laughs> it probably would have been. Because once one goes in, it just seems to open it all up. But, I mean, that was a cracking game. Friday night, oh, also yeah. had a cracking game. LAFC in Atlanta. Seven-goal thriller. 4-3 to LAFC. Six goals in the first half. Yes. Because Atlanta took the lead. And then... LAFC, I was watching it on delay, 
uh, LAFC then hit oh, four yeah. unanswered, yeah. and I was I was thinking to myself, oh, it's not just the white caps that that anger them, but then Atlanta did what the white caps didn't do and came storming back. Yeah, but that was a good game, and as I tweeted out, this MLS looks a fun league, and I hope we can get a team in Vancouver <laughs> one day. What imagine what they could have done with Brick Shabling? Yeah, but I mean, that was a barn burner. And it's the narrative I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. It feels like a different league when you're watching these teams. Sporting Kansas City seem to be getting left behind. They lost 3-1 to New York City on, on Friday night. They foolishly thought their season had turned around, but they'd only beaten the Whitecaps. So they can't play the Whitecaps every week, someone should have told them. But they look right now like a team that could miss the playoffs. And... Considering what they've done, what they've built there, and some of the talent they've got, I mean, know they've had the injuries and everything, but that's that's a big unexpected thing for for that club. But there wasn't a lot of other on pitch talking points really in in, in the West. It's, it's RSL and Dallas drew nil nil. Seattle won one nil at Houston. That's huge because they're usually horrible at Houston. Yeah, and Houston's usually so good at home. San Jose won three one over Colorado. Another strike from the goal machine, Shea Salinas. Oh, what a goal. Yeah. What a goal. I'm so happy for him. Talk about a player that's just getting a second wind. It's like he, he's been outstanding. As we talked on last week's show, if you haven't listened to that, listen to an interview with Shea. It's just the, the style that the Quakes are playing just now, it's just un- unlocked him somehow, and it's just been fantastic. Well, didn't he say, like, they're all on the same page? Yeah. Yeah. The ridiculous League's Cup name and every other aspect of it is ridiculous. It kicked off this week. Oh, I avoided all of that. Well, the three MLS teams crashed out, or three three of the four crashed out. Galaxy got through because they beat Camilo's Club Tijuana on penalties. Mm. I PVR'd that game. I fast-forwarded through it, but it started so late that I only got up to about the 54th minute and I hadn't extended. I usually extend it, yeah. Yeah. and I hadn't for that, so I, I never saw the penalties or anything. It was nice to see Camilo playing again. But Galaxy squeezed through with a very understrength team that they, they put out. Chicago Fire lost 2-0 to Cruz Azul. Houston lost on penalties to Club America after drawing 1-1. And RSL lost 1-0 to Tigris in what was the the game with a little bit of oh, afters. Yeah. Because the big talking point coming out of that yeah. one was Mike Petke has been indefinitely suspended for his actions towards the refs after the game. And someone on Reddit put up a, a link to it. He's, he berates the officials non-stop. And the reason being, in stoppage time, a cat ran on the pitch and delayed the game for a whole minute. Yeah. They got the cat off, started the game, and the ref blew bang on the time that was going to get allocated. He did not add on oh, the yeah. extra minute. And Pecky just lost it with him. Nope. He'd been chipping so away at him you, during the Did you watch the video well. clip of him explaining what happened? Yes. So basically, he's in his video, for those who haven't seen it, he says, look, I was going to collect my players to get them off the field or something yeah. at the end of the game, or down the tunnel. He was trying to calm get, them get, yeah, down. calm them down, get them down the tunnel. I just went to collect my players, and I got red carded. He's like, there's nothing I did, nothing I said that they deserved a red card when I got the red card. I think after it. No, this, yeah. then he said, then he said, everything I said after I got a red card was worthy of a red card. Uh, part of me wonders if he thought, hey, this is just a stupid thing. What's yeah. the worst well, they're going to do? But the thing is, he shouldn't be. It's nothing to do with MLS, this this competition. 
Yeah, well, like I understand why he's getting an MLS I guess suspension. They are representing MLS. I understand they're representing, but does no, the it's e- stupid. does the English yeah, FA the would the English FA uh, suspend a well, coach in, in the if he did something in Champions League? If they League think it's assaulting like official, then yes. Yeah, but well, Martin Rennie got dismissed at halftime last night from the the Indy National Football game for inappropriate behaviour towards the officials. I hadn't, I didn't have a time time to check today to see if that had been clarified what that was. But the way the tweet was done, folks thought he'd been sacked by the club at half time initially because <laughs> said he's been dismissed at half time. <laughs> the the one the one thing uh, the one thing that um, the I watched a little bit of the Galaxy game, uh, flipping the channels, and the point I watched it, it was like a five minute period. And they were talking about how like vital a competition like this is, and they were just talking oh. speaking points, right? Yeah. And the the color commentator said, "Oh, with 2026 coming up in Canada, Mexico, and U.S., this competition is really important." I was like, "There's no Canadian team in this competition. Why are you bringing that up?" Like, it was just talking points. And then as soon as he said that, he kind of backed off on that because he realized he had well, mentioned the it. Galaxy put out a weak lineup. I didn't check on most of the other ones, but Chicago put out a weak lineup. Yeah. And there were tweets by some in US soccer media shocked that a team would do that. And Ben Baer from MLSsoccer.com had said they've got a 15% chance of making the playoffs. This was a chance to win a trophy. Not the World Cup, but a trophy. <laughs> of course. It's like, yeah, it's a trophy, but it's a meaningless trophy. Ben Bear works for MLS. That's all you got to know. It's going to be dominated by Mexican teams, as shown by the fact that three of them got through. And the value put on glorified friendlies by US soccer media continues to baffle me. I don't know why, because they've always done it. I I don't get it. What, What am I missing that they see this as such a big, big thing? Because they're the little brother in footballing terms, and they feel like anything they can do with the big brother makes them look good. I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I agree with you, Michael. It's like all these teams coming over and the, the tournaments, and they big it up. It's like, oh, these teams are coming over and playing preseason. I don't know. And if we're to talk about meaningless, meaningless matches, the All Star Game is, oh, this, this, week. this week and Wednesday. Oh, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. As I always say, the homegrown game is I have versus no interest in the it. Goats. If, if it was I here, think Theo Bear is in there. In the he's lineup. in the homegrown yeah. one. Yeah, really? He's, he yeah. made the team. Oh. He, he's he's going to play in that. Well, but the, the actual all well, he will get some minutes. The actual All Star Game. If it was here, I would take an interest in it. Because they have all these things. They've added a skills challenge this year. Right. Which, uh, these are fun things. If you're in the city or if your players are involved in it. Where is it again this year? It's in Orlando. All oh, right. The, all, the homegrown game is going to be at the ESPN uh, complex where, where, won where, the, we, where yeah. Whitecaps won their silverware. Yeah. I remember, of I remember when Russell played it in Portland. That was fun. Yeah, he's been our only other guy apart from Theo Bear to, to go and play in it. Sean Melvin. Oh, yeah. did Sean as well. I forgot about Sean. Yeah, he, didn't he played a, a half, yeah, right? Yeah, he didn't have a good game, if I remember right there. Oh, yeah, so Theo's actually the third player. I got a chance, though, to speak to Theo a little bit about that, but also just about his breakthrough to the first team and how how things are going for him just now. He's excited to play in this. They're playing Shiva's Guadalajara under 20, so it's going to be a, a good test. And it's going to be a different kind of player that he's used to, to playing against. Here's what Theo had to say. So Theo, last time we spoke to you, you were looking forward to 
getting your first MLS start. You've had it now. You've had minutes in MLS. For you personally, how how have you seen the season so far? Um, it's it's been a bit of a, a bumpy one, I guess, to, to say the least. It's a, a brand new team. Everyone's trying to integrate and and get to know each other, and it's it's a little bit more difficult than we thought it was going to be. But I also think that it's positive because uh, you don't you don't win without losing once. You know what I mean? So I'm learning a lot. And I think the team is, and all the players are learning a lot as well. You haven't looked out of place in the games that you've played so far. Mark's spoken that even if Freddie hadn't been suspended for that game, you had done enough to earn that start. Hearing stuff like that from the coach and that belief that you've had from him, it must make you know that you belong at this level. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's reassurance and it feels really good because uh, I've I've been working really hard towards this and, and it's it's good to hear that my coach believes in me. From the times that you've played and the minutes that you've played so far, how have you found this level of play compared to what you used to? Obviously, it's a way higher level, but is it mainly the speed or is it just the quality of the defenders that you're going against? Yeah, it's the quality of player altogether. It's just everything is more intense. There's You can't turn off. If you turn off, then that's when the person scores or that's when the person beats you or that's when you don't score. So you always have to be turned on. You always have to be focused because the players are that much better. I think everyone's just rooting for you to get this first goal and you've come so close, man. It's like the one that came off the post. Yeah. It's just, have you played those back in your head? Thought, what could you have maybe done better? Or Honestly, I try not to do that too much. Obviously, right after, I'm like, ah, maybe I should have done this instead. But for the moment, it's doing those exact same finishes over and over and over again until I get it right. And I think that every game I'm getting closer and it's it's coming. Yeah, I mean, you're getting the chances. I mean, that, that, that's the thing. Now, this coming week, you're going away to, to play in Florida with the MLS homegrown team against Guadalajara under-20s. When you got the call, first of all, to be in that team, how were you feeling? It's very exciting because uh, all the players, or a, a large uh, majority of them, are players that I've played with, played with or against an academy or with the national team. Or, or against with the national team. So it's a bunch of guys that I'm familiar with. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a little bit of a, of a, a breath of fresh air because I haven't, I haven't seen those guys in a while. So it'll be, it'll be good for me, I think. And you're playing a really quality team as well in Guadalajara. Under-20 side, but it's packed with quality. Getting a test against a different kind of player. I mean, that must be good as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I've played against uh, Mexican players before and most of the time they're just very, very aggressive and that, that I think is good for me. It gets me used to the physicality of the MLS as well and it'll be another, another step in my development. And just last thing, the season winding down still got a couple of months to go but what are, you, what are you hoping for for the end of the season just from a personal basis? You don't have to give me targets or whatever but for what sure. are you looking to do? Help the team. I want to help it be positive in every performance that I give. I want to score goals, assist goals, affect games. That's that's what I want to do. And I told him at the beginning of the season that I wanted to do it. And I'm finally given the opportunity to try and do it. So I think that that's what I want to do. Those are my goals. Thanks so much, Theo. Good luck on Tuesday. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. Theo Bear there talking about the MLS homegrown game and just his chance that he got to break into the first team. He's played, I think, in the last six matches. How do you, how do you think he's done? He's had a bit of criticism, 
But <laughs> how do you criticize somebody who's just starting their career? Oh, it's, easy. it's like unbelievable. <laughs> like, well, the, I mean, this weekend some people felt he was out of sorts on the wing, kind of. Or a little he bit did more wide. play wing for a bit in the residency. He prefers to be through the middle. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the thing is, it's, it's mostly that was constructive criticism. Yeah. And the th- other thing is, is people got to realize that he grew a lot yeah. in the last little yeah. bit. Like he was like, when I, I chatted to him. He was like towering over. He me. was five ten, maybe like a year and a half ago, or five eleven. I want to say. I don't think he even had, was at six feet. He grew like five inches or something yeah. over the last eighteen months or whatever it was. So he's, when you he's done when, not bad. When, when you do that, you're 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 changing positions first of all. Like you said, he's he was played mostly on the wing. Now he's in the middle. You, you're learning that a little bit more. Plus, you're learning the way your body works as well because it's not moving the same way as it used to when you grow that have a growth spurt like that. Tell you, mine's isn't moving the same way as it used to either. <laughs> but I think he's done well. He it would help if he's playing in a better team. Oh, for and sure. And getting more service, he's creating chances at least, which he's, is. He's, One thing he's pushing through. He's actually putting effort in there. Yeah, and this will be a good season for him to see if he does have what it takes at this level and see how he comes on to his game. But that is it for this part. We will be back with our final part. Yes, this show will end at some point after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Keep your eyes on. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM. This is a good thing that we don't live stream. And, yeah. and, 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 we had an interesting discussion at the break there. All about that song that we had. What, what was the song? Steve? It's called Focus by Alligax. But it's wavelength time and we're going back to a band we've played before. And I've played this song when we did one of our Mixler things. It, it was an infamous Mixler hot mic episode, and this was the <laughs> <laughs> oh that one that episode the kitchen episode yeah and this was the, well, the songs that we played that we thought was playing instead of our mics being on, so I'd never used it in wavelength because it brought back such horrible memories. But luckily, only a few people heard it, and yeah, they were part of our crew. Was, yeah. And thanks, Jay. Yeah. So this was a song we played, so it's never been part of Wavelength, but I thought we've been doom and gloom, so let's remember the, the good things about football. This is Vanilla Muffins, and the drug is football. What's the reason for your life? It's nearly poison night. When you're going to the town, just to see what's down, down Every day is like the auto, keep a terror on the cover It's the only way to pay for you addiction We're leaving one we we're not bad boys The drug is football 
Vanilla muffins. The drug is football. <laughs> so tired. Ah, I love our chats off air. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they should remain. That should be in the X-rated extra podcast. There's, remember there was one time you were going to take all the little clips that were... Yes. And put them in a Christmas special or something? Yeah, I still have our, our German oh, you still have the Alpen House. <laughs> Alpine Club. Was that Alpen cut out? Club. Yes. Was it? Oh, I didn't remember yes. that. I thought was you that cut out. Oh, yes, it was entirely <laughs> cut out. <laughs> that will never see the light of day. Uh, oh, if you if you've tuned in waiting to to hear transcendence, uh, he's, he's not on. Um, well, it's eleven eleven thirty. They don't usually yeah. tune in at this time. <laughs> but our song that we've got next week in wavelength is a is a by a trance band or like a techno band from Scotland. About oh. Livingston at FC, so that's what we'll have. Oh. Anyway, you know what time it is now? It's five pack. No, it's BC Soccer Wave headlines time. Oh man! And other Asian countries that are in World Cup qualifying. Oh man! Oh. You can read about them on BC Soccer Web Headlines, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, links, photos, classifieds and a lot more. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com morning, noon and night. You go for the photos, right? I go for the photos and Bill Curry was over in Victoria this Sunday photographing the PCSL Cup Final. Oh, right. Who won? Uh, FC Tigers oh. won on penalties over Highlanders, right? over Highlanders oh, reserves. Right. Yes. But what else has been catching your beautiful green eyes on the site this week, Steve? Okay, so first news here. Um, EU, the EU has to deal with Brexit in the next yes. little bit, but they're also taking on money laundering in football. Uh, this is the quote that they have on their, on the, in the article. Professional football's complex organization and lack of transparency have created a fertile ground and for the use of illegal resources. Questionable sums of money with no apparent explicable financial return or gain are being invested in the sport. Uh, but they're basically, they're concerned about 
the high sums of transfer money that are being spent, and they're wondering. I imagine the white caps aren't part. Of no, they're not. Investigation. Um, EU also would like to track the money in order. This quote from them: in order to maintain the competitive and financial integrity of the sport, as well as protecting the public from crime. This would be nice. So they're they're looking transparency. Yeah, they're they're looking at that basically, and we'll see what what how that deals with. It. But I I don't know. Like they're saying that. The benefit, like the the whole reason people use transfers, is to win. There's no, there's never fine. Remember, you were talking about yeah. Zlatan was talking about owners don't make money. I don't know how that's going to play in with this investigation. Mm-hmm. If this is a legitimate investigation, is this coming from people in Netherlands who know they don't have teams that are going to be able to spend money, so they want to crack down on other teams across the Europe? No, but like yeah, like a team in Holland sells a player to usually reinvest into their club and their youth yes. system, so they can produce another player to make. Yes. You know, keep the thing going kind of thing. There must be something. Maybe it's not the top maybe teams. Maybe there's some other teams that they're actually cracking, mm-hmm. trying to well, crack down on. Just just going off the headlines for a second, talking of Dutch football, yeah. Ajax lose the Champions League final last year, have had to go through all the rounds of qualifying to get into, even to get into the group stages this year. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Champions of countries should be automatically guaranteed a place in the group Did stages. they win the championship last year? Yeah, no. so that they're back in qualifying from the first round. Like Celtic I thought have had to a team well. from Holland would have advanced automatically. It's all with the ranking points, and oh, they just haven't had enough, even though they reached the final. Yeah, it's that's just, It's ridiculous. Um, another story come out of England. Um, uh, Arsenal is uh, looking to you know give a couple of players uh, psychological support, and and after like robbery, they were basically uh, attacked. Um, it was yeah, Ozil played for Bayern Munich. It was uh, Mesut Ozil and nice. uh, Kolonic or something like that. Damn it. Uh, Bosnia, <laughs> he's from Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, both players were attacked by two men with knives uh, who followed them on mopeds. Um, they were Players were shaken but unhurt. But uh, I, I haven't watched the video or anything, but I heard that like uh, the not Ozil was driving and the other guy got, other, his teammate got out. To go and like take them on, kind of yeah, thing, and then Ozil like, drove away. I don't know about that. I I, that's what it. I heard. No, I don't think there was a driver. I think they were already walking to the restaurant or whatever they were going oh. to. It was a Turkish restaurant. I don't know if the German fans will be happy about that. He went to a Turkish restaurant, but Turkish they, restaurant, okay. Turkish prime minister, pri- yeah, not not so <laughs> not so great in the lead up to a tournament. Uh, news out of Scotland, uh, Motherwell. Um, yeah, it's just good. Thanks. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting a new sponsorship. Uh, it's Paddy Power. Um, it'll the be Irish a, bookmakers. It'll be a no shirt logo. Uh, it's Love basically it. um, they're calling it a marketing gimmick. It's basically they're joining Huddersfield Town as being sponsored by the bookmaker with no lo- logo appearing on the kit, calling it unsports unsponsorship. Basically, keeping the sponsorship off the kit. Yes, the Huddersfield one was fantastic because they brought out a spoof shirt that was absolutely hideous with a big sash across it saying Paddy Power and stuff. And then that was just to get everyone talking about it and said, here's a real kit and it's sponsor free and it's beautiful. Is it? Absolutely beautiful. We've just had a tweet from Greg Petrie. He says, I know it wasn't a memorable game, but as a Spurs fan, I would remind you that Ajax didn't yeah, make the Champions I was, League final. When you said, I do want to correct you. <laughs> I was like, oh. Was... Semi-finalists in. <laughs> Uh, they should have. They should have been. The final was dead to me. I had no interest in it. 
Okay, so another story here, uh, more in North America. What we learned from First League's Cup game, uh, games, okay, I can't even read this because it's such a stupid name, uh, between Liga MX and MLS. So, as we said, uh, there was um, uh, the, the results. You talked about that already. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about the attendance and everything and how that looked. Uh, I'll just look at the capacity. So, it was 14,000. For the Chicago game, 71% capacity. Uh, the LA game, uh, 10,000 with a 38% capacity. Houston, and I think that was more because of the, uh, yeah. it was a weekday game yeah. in, in the college yeah, that, area. That whatever. Limited. Yeah. Yeah. So Houston um, against America, 20,000 with a 92% capacity. And Real Salt Lake, 15,000 with 75% capacity. Basically, it was an average of 15,000 attendance with 69% capacity. This is compared to uh, games between on U.S. soil between MLS and MX, Liga MX games in the last Concacaf Champions League, which was about uh, eighteen and a half thousand, it had seventy two percent capacity. So it's a not that much of a drop off, but again, mission accomplished for the team for what they wanted because they wanted to sell tickets and they got game on national yeah. TV. And that, that, that's that kind of the too. bad thing because they have had good crowds. It'll be like, oh, the fans want this. Yeah, yeah all the Mexican fans yeah. want to go and watch their, their team. Because they don't have to go back to Mexico and watch They can watch them where yeah. they live now, right? Unless they can push back. Um, uh, so also, lineup changes. Um, Liga MX uh, had an average of two and a half lineup changes from the g- game previous, whereas MLS had about almost eight lineup changes on average from the league. So that, wow. that's obviously why everybody's upset. Um, no transfer news for the Whitecaps, but some transfer news from other teams. Uh, no. LAFC is set to sign Uruguayan youngster Brian Rodriguez for $11.5 million on yep. a transfer fee. Whitecaps he, just beaten out by $11 million. <laughs> He played on the same club that Diego Rossi played on. So there's obviously some kind of connection there. Inter Miami has made a couple of transfers, even though they don't have a team yet. Uh, they uh, they got Matias Pellegrini and Julian uh, Carranza as their two first signings. Uh, Pellegrini is going to be a young designated player. The other one, I'm thinking Tam because they haven't really really announced it. But both will remain with their current clubs, obviously because there's no team, and will join in j- January. Finally, LA Galaxy on the verge of a record-breaking deal uh, for Christian Pavon. Uh, he's coming over from Boca Juniors for uh, right now 18 million. That is probably more rumor and speculation than actual stuff to go through because even the Galaxy is saying they're, they're thinking about him, but they also have other people that they're looking at well, as well. Shiloto, right, is the connection. Yes. Yeah, I mean, teams are bringing in some good talent. And you, you look at where they're coming from, it's where I said it's where the fight caps, they need to... They need to go to countries where we're producing good MLS players, and they need to spend money to get these players. Well, they go, they've gone in the past to places like Uruguay yeah, and but Argentina, we've but they've always got like the, the cheap diamonds yes, in the rough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, ah, that was a fun show. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Anything you learned? I I learned that we sh- maybe hold off on having a streaming or capable during commercials. Ah, hold off on that for now. Okay, hold I on. I learned that you will have a lot of editing tonight. Yeah, I learned nothing. It's been my problem my whole life. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary A. I'm and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. You can also find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, Instagram at AFT in Soccer, YouTube at AFT in Canada, and of course, read all our stuff 
away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. That is it for this week. We'll have a fun-filled show next week because Steve's not here. But until then, take care. Thanks for listening and more the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.